0: Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Hey, this is Jordy Colada from the Jordy Colada Show. Our podcast daily is brought to you by RMB Builders. Give Reb Bourgeois a call today. He is a custom home builder offering both new construction and can remodel in the Baton Rouge area and surrounding areas. They are licensed for commercial. And residential construction. They can also handle your office renovation or building maintenance. They're online at rmb builders.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook at rmb builders, LLC. Rhett Bourgeois and RMB builders bringing you the Geordie Colada podcast.
2: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Welcome in to a Friday edition of the Jordy Collada Show, just Driven in by, by Go See, Chevrolet.
5: Oh my god.
4: It's just that headset? Oh it's my god. It's over there on the... On the okay,
5: okay. I just jumped out of my chair. That was the loudest I've ever heard you talk. Like, that's going to live in my head forever.
1: Welcome in Is that better? to a Friday edition no. of the Jordy Collada Show, Driven in Power by Ghost Chevrolet. Remember, our friends are online at geauxchevrolet.com. geauxchevrolet.com. they got a used car lot right there on the corner of Florida Boulevard and Sherwood Forest for Go Express Auto Sales. And, of course, a brand-new car lot out in Laplace, Louisiana, that you can find for Go Chevrolet. Online always, geauxchevrolet.com. Going to talk recruiting, recruiting front and center here with LSU football as the Tigers were able to uh, pick up another commitment on Thursday, Sam Spiegelman from uh, On Three is going to be here at uh, 8 a.m. this morning, and we will talk to Spiegelman right. about LSU's uh, recent uh, hot streak over the last couple of days, as uh, they have had uh, a ton of success on the recruiting trail. They pick up Jeremiah Hughes uh, is the latest uh, out of Las Vegas, out of Bishop Gorman High School, uh, is uh, was the latest to uh, to commit uh, to LSU. Uh, and we will talk about that coming up with Sammy Spiegelman uh, at 8 o'clock this morning. If you have a recruiting question, jump inside of the chat. Remember, you can uh, hashtag AskSpeegs, and we will ask Sammy coming up here at 8 a.m.
4: easy. Uh, <laughs>
1: about uh, any recruiting question that you may have uh, for uh, uh, for this LSU class, as uh, the month of July has been a heater uh, for the Tigers. Uh, we will talk more uh, obviously, about the SEC uh, schedules and media days uh, that is coming up. Just a little uh, programming note for you, uh, if you want to, uh, uh, if you want to be ready for this, we will be live at SEC Media Days uh, throughout the entire week. We'll be there uh, covering it with our partners over at WAFB. Uh, Jacques and I will have afternoon hits on WAFB each. Uh, each afternoon from Atlanta, College Football Hall of Fame, and then we will have uh, morning hits. Uh, here we'll have uh, the crew uh, driving the show so back we were at just home. Talking about. What's that? Are we? Yeah, for sure, <laughs> absolutely. Got to take advantage of that, man. All Can't right. let that content uh, come and go. So uh, we'll have you guys uh, back here. We're gonna have a um, good time managing master control, yeah. and then I'll be over in Atlanta uh, videoing in. There's not a lot that happens during our time slot of sec media like the seven to nine window uh for for the actual media days um is pretty quiet as far as you know what what's happening uh on the floor and as far as what's happening with programs and teams uh so i don't know how much news we'll be talking about between 7 and 9 a.m but we should uh be able to have Uh, Some content coming back. I'll have uh, a recorder and a camera over there with me that I'll be sending back stuff and interviews throughout the day. LSU is the first off of the bus really. I mean they're the first ones up to the podium. Brian Kelly uh, is going to be featured on uh, day one of SEC Media Days and we speculated a little bit on uh, who we think they're going to bring. That announcement should be coming uh, pretty quickly here. Um, I'm hearing more and more. I think they're bringing Besh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're bringing. Jack. You might as
4: well bring me. I think they're bringing Jack Beth. <laughs> That's awesome. First oh sophomore to make God. the trip since Odell. Really? Who? Uh, well,
1: now I don't. That that cool. has, that. that uh, there's just been some rumblings. I've just heard some rumblings of that that they're bringing.
4: Where's SEC Media Day? Atlanta. Oh yeah. He, he'll, yeah. He'll uh, head I haven't. had others, right?
1: What's that? No, they bring, They're bringing two. Others? They okay. bring two. Um, the,
4: the Holy Spirit. Mm. The Lord. Yeah. <laughs> better be packing him with Dash. Absolutely. Magic City.
1: I, I, you know, Wings. I, maybe B.J. O'Jolary. Maybe Mike Jones. Who? Um, Who? You know, maybe... Um, Those two would be great. Yeah. Someone, uh, upperclassman. Mm. Somebody that... Um, Ali Gay? Yeah, I don't know. You know, Gay doesn't... He doesn't like the media. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't do...
3: Laid back guy.
1: Yeah, he's very laid back, very quiet. Um, you want to make sure and put somebody out there that enjoys that. Because it's such a... Um, I mean, it's it's a taxing day, you know what I mean? For as much as you think that it's pretty easy to put on a suit and, you know, do five hours of, you know, Q&A, uh, it'll wear you down, yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're talking to, I was there last Last year we went just for the day um, because of some COVID restrictions that the SEC had implemented um, with the new policy. We were just there for the day of LSU. They would ask, you know, people that were in, like, podcasting, digital stuff, they were just giving you one day credentials for the team that you covered. So I went up with 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 LSU. I think LSU was on the first day last year, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, in Hoover. And um, once we got there, I, Stingley and Austin Deculus were the two representatives. We were pretty cool with both of those guys. And at the end of it, I remember talking to Stingley, and he was like, "Bro, I'm gassed." He's like, "I mean, I, I'm exhausted just from the day." He's like, "I mean." you don't realize how much of a workout talking is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, where you can move room to room, you answer the same questions probably 30 times. You answer, you know, versions of the same questions probably 50 times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it, it's it's a day that you have to understand. It's a lot of coach speak. It's a lot of the the, the, the taglines of the business of, uh, you know, you don't want to give anything that will live and breathe on. I'd imagine that there's going to be a lot of, you know, the same questions to Brian Kelly. I mean, they're going to ask him. You know, you're, you're opening yourself up to uh, more of, a, from an SEC standpoint, more of a national media contingent, not just a regional media contingent. You know, every market of the SEC will obviously be represented. Uh, be represented but like Ross Dellinger told us, you know, Ross is uh, probably the most powerful voice in college football, I think from a, a writing standpoint that his work is resourced more than, any's, uh, more than any others when trying to just find news around college football, him, Thamel, you know, the, the, the usual suspects. But Dellinger said, you know, he'll be doing a couple of days in Atlanta before he goes to ACC Media Day. So you'll have a lot of the national contingents there. So you'll get questions um, that, you know, Kelly's probably answered locally here before. Um, and he'll probably get those you know, 20, 25 times about the accent, about the, the dancing, <laughs> about the, the, the moving, about why leaving Notre Dame. A lot of the questions that he's had to answer over the last you know, couple of months, um, he'll get a flurry of those um, when he shows up to Atlanta. Um,
5: Do y'all remember our a week from Monday for last year's SEC Media Day? We were going to rent like a kidnapper van and all go and then oh, people we did people in to have interview that, them yeah. like on the outskirts of it. Because we weren't official. Because we weren't credentialed. Oh, that's
4: right. That was Let's a big, plan. big plan. That would have been, been, been fun. Still would be fun.
5: Still would be fun.
4: But our, I guess our overlords, WAFB, are going to do
5: it the right way. <laughs> exactly. We don't I'll
4: need go and I'll still fans. do it. Yep.
5: <laughs> yeah, they
1: brought, they brought a little credibility to us.
5: Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> they did.
1: People are paying attention to us a little bit more from like the executive committee, the SEC. We got credentialed through WAFB. Um, and I got a call from Herb Vincent um, in the office and say, well, you try to make a play for the week now because they're <laughs> still doing the, the day passes for, uh, um, you know, kind of local media. Right. I mean, like, for, for the local affiliates that... Um, the
5: fringe fans with the... What
1: was it? French fans with the mic. French fans with
5: mic. yeah. Those
1: guys. Fringe fans with the mic. Remember Metropo- uh, Metropolitan guy. Health <laughs> Group brings you our uh, our show daily and our phone line daily. Uh, get in touch with uh, Jason Ramazon and Charlie Harvey. Uh, for anything real doctors, real solutions over at Metropolitan Health Group. Uh, on the phone line today, we'll be talking to Sam Spiegelman at 8 a.m., and then we will also be talking to Nathan Velasquez at 8.30 this morning. Nathan reviewing Elvis mm-hmm. yeah. for us this morning uh, at 8.30, and then 8.45, Galen Iverstein, the big dog, coming through here uh, with oh a couple gosh. of breakfast burritos.
3: Ooh. Ooh, I uh, saw, saw on on their up, Instagram. Too. You
5: did? Those look good. And then he'll
1: mm-hmm. be telling us about the move um about what's going on with uh with the new move serving lunch uh obviously everything that's coming up here with the new location uh with uh with Iverstein's uh and obviously bringing us our our foodie Friday so looking forward to uh to seeing uh, Galen come through here and uh in a couple of minutes or excuse me at uh, at eight forty five this morning uh lSU baseball making some news here on uh on this friday as it looks like uh, they are going to fill out the rest of their coaching staff. Jay Johnson. Uh, if you missed that uh, that interview with Mikey uh, a couple of nights ago, that was good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Jay Johnson, as he was giving you a lot of insight to some of the you new were in the room. Where, where are you uh, at? S- some of the new recruits. I'm watching
4: Jeremiah Hughes on the <laughs> internet. i am just watching some highlights. You know, I'm making my own evaluations over here.
1: Mm, what do you think?
4: I think he plays a lot of wide receiver, but yeah. he's a good two way guy. Put him at corner. He's long. But, yeah, no, Jay Johnson was unbelievable. The way that he's opened up to Mikey and, I guess, the rest yeah, of the room yeah. is unbelievable. And he feels like he's a guy that really values his time, but he kind of sets aside a, a good chunk of his time for Mikey, which is – feel like we're in, you know? Definitely. So it's a well, great feeling. Well, I mean, you feeling. can just tell
1: by the way he interacts.
4: Yeah, he's very loose. And we yeah. kind of you know, get the non-coach version mm-hmm. of him, which is great. And mm-hmm. he – I mean, he went over everything from how we got West Wes Johnson – how he's been able to do in recruiting, what's going to happen in MLB draft. He hit on all the high points. So it's definitely an interview we have it cut up on the Mic'd Up channel. Absolutely worth checking out. And we're going to Uncle Earl's today. Yes, Friday, Uncle Earl's this afternoon, 430 to 6. Uh,
1: Josh Jordan. A uh, Josh Jordan is going to be the, la- uh, the last full-time coach, uh, according to D1 Baseball, that's going to be hired by Jay Johnson Jordan, uh, who has been with the Duke. Program as the associate head coach since 2012, uh, has really established himself as one of the elite recruiters in the country since being over there. He was named the assistant coach of the year back in 2018 for the job that he did for the ACC Blue Devils. Uh, Prior to winning that award, Jordan was the associate head coach uh, of the program in 2015 and played an integral part in helping the program reach the NCAA tournament in 18, 19, and 21. LSU has uh, obviously a number of freshmen uh, currently on campus, that was some of the stuff that Jay Johnson was talking about the other night. This recruiting class, very highly touted, very highly uh, highly regarded. Uh, Jay Johnson told LSU Sports dot net about Josh Jordan. Uh, he was very positive about the strides. Um, or excuse me, he was looking forward to working uh, with uh, with Jordan uh, on the uh, on the LSU staff as he joins um, now. Wes Johnson, along with Jay Johnson. And now Josh Jordan filling out the rest of the staff for LSU baseball. Uh, one thing Johnson has done, Jay Johnson, uh, here in the short offseason, season, as he, he's worked pretty quickly in in replacing these staff members and um, kind of getting out in front of what he's going to do with this this draft class. Really on on how oh. he's going to anticipate. Uh, I thought his message to Gavin Gidry the other night was fantastic. He just did
4: an open pitch, right? And um, it was it was pretty incredible to see that he was obviously like working, you know, like still whenever we were on the phone, he had his, he's so organized. He had Mm -hmm. his list right there. And we were like, oh, you know, how do you think the upcoming draft will, you know, impact your signing class? He's like, hold on, give me one second. Flips through. He's like, (laughs) well, I'm looking at five to seven names right now that are probably going to go. And then he mentioned, then he throws in Gavin Guidry. He goes, and that's the guy that I'd love to build an LSU class around. And we're like, all right, we'll cut that up for him. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. but he mentioned like specifically by name. And so he knows the guys that are probably on the fringe and that he can, probably sell lsu a little bit toward and pull on the heartstrings but we asked him about like his recruiting coordinator and he was like oh i've got a couple names in mind whatever next day he has a guy signed and so he clearly is just going through his list and he said he was talking about uh the pitching coach and he's like if i wasn't able to get him i had two or three more names that were gonna Mm -hmm. be just as good like i had guys lined up and it's like you wouldn't believe the power of what lsu is and how easy it is to sell and i was like well this is I mean, this is you're giving a one to every LSU baseball fan right now. Like <laughs> you're speaking their language, the mm-hmm. nostalgia of LSU baseball and what it was and what it can be again under Jay Johnson.
1: Well, I think that with a name like West Johnson at the top of the list, you got to anticipate like we might swing and miss. Right. You well, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I mean, you you may not be able to get a guy of that caliber, so you have to have at least a short list in order of how you react if West Johnson tells you no, and I think
4: or doesn't even pick up the phone. Right. I, think, okay, I mean, well.
1: it was. You can hear the reaction from the Major League Baseball world at kind of the the fallout of him taking that job. So I'd imagine, um, you know, when he said yes to Johnson, he was probably even like, damn, we got him. You know what I mean? Like, Uh, unbelievable.
4: Yeah, then he's Uh, like, I think I just sent some waves through Major League Baseball. Like, uh, you know, if he, like Jay Johnson might have just kind of woke up a sleeping giant a little bit, and what other college baseball teams that are in the upper echelon of where kind of LSU sits. Of if you have the money, the power, the prestige, then you can go get Major League Baseball guys because it's a better, it, in some cases it can be a better job. Yeah. It's more money, more time off. And it's like, you don't have to grind, you know, 200 days a year. You get 150 days a year maybe. And then the rest of the time you spend with your family. And so that's kind of where Major League Baseball sits with college baseball. And if you're one of those power players in college baseball, you can go get, maybe not like other teams are going to start trying to maybe take hacks like this.
1: Um, all right, Katie, we had a Red, Rock, and Blue giveaway. We do. We um, have the winner. And the, tonight is the concert.
5: Tonight is at mm. Chelsea's. Um, the benefit concert, Patrick Baylon is the person who gave away the tickets. He's an Army sergeant deployed at the border. And the winner of those four tickets, which you can pick up and we'll call, is Cody Boudreaux. Wow. wow. All
1: right. Nice, uh, Cody tickets. Boudreaux will have uh, four tickets for you tonight at Red Rock and Blue. As Katie said, it's over at Chelsea's. I believe doors open at seven p.m. Uh, for the uh, the live event. So if you want to get over there and take part, don't forget you still have an opportunity to buy your tickets uh, online at RedRockAndBlue.com. RedRockBlue.com. Uh, if you want to catch up with the latest uh, from our friend Jacques Doucet and one of his uh, his uh, his latest in his concert series over with Red Rock and Blue. Uh, for the summer entertainment uh, here in Baton Rouge. So uh, really excited uh, about tonight and the weekend. And obviously, um, closing out the month will be the annual softball tournament um, for uh, for Red Rock and Blue. So Cody Boudreaux, congratulations, yeah. bro. Get over there and check it out. Uh, Remember Daily, we're brought to you by Cajun Ready Mix Concrete. Our friends over at Cajun Ready Mix Concrete can help you out today with any project that you may have, whether it's residential or municipal, uh, they can help you out nine locations concrete locations and plants around the greater baton rouge area which means if you order concrete it'll get to you on time and to the exact specification uh remember to find cajun ready mix online at cajun rmc.com is where you find them to get in touch with cajun ready mix concrete our friends over there uh where they can help you out with just about anything you need uh on uh, from a A uh, concrete standpoint whether it's replacing a couple of uh, areas in your driveway from a residential standpoint you're building a new house or if you've got a large project uh that is commercial uh, or municipal uh cajun ready mix concrete can help you out so online at cajunrmc.com cajunrmc.com lsu football recruiting stays uh stays hot and again we'll talk to sam spiegelman coming up here Uh, at eight o'clock this morning the latest is Jeremiah Hughes who is a fast rising cornerback out of Las Vegas Bishop Gorman High School announced on Thursday night he gave his pledge to LSU he said to 24-7 it was a no-brainer who wouldn't want to compete at LSU it's DBU for me this is an amazing feeling and I know it's going to be great for my development to be able to uh, play in a very competitive league Hughes right now is rated The number 77 rated cornerback and number seven overall prospect in the state of Nevada for the class of 2023. LSU beat out uh, Arkansas, Washington, and other schools um, when um, they were able to get Hughes' announcement. Uh, So Hughes is the latest now for for LSU to commit to the class. Uh, I'll tell you one that we haven't talked about uh, a lot that I thought was a really big pickup. And a guy that can really play. Um, and I'm not just saying this because he's from Louisiana. Um, but picking up Xavier Atkins earlier this week, I believe he pledged on Tuesday. I think it was uh, right after the flurry of 4th of July commitments. Um, he's out of Jonesboro, Louisiana. And if you look up his his highlights, he's a three-star, I believe. Um, he may be a three-star in the services, but when you turn on the film, it don't matter the star ratings. I mean, he's the best football player on the field. And he has that Louisiana mentality that we're talking about, right? I, I, I think that this this message has become so clouded over the last week where it's now becoming almost like a competition in between the out-of-state and in-state recruits when it shouldn't be. I think every single recruiting class has to have a mix of both local and national talent to be very productive. Or from LSU standpoint, maybe local uh, and regional talent, right? You don't necessarily have to go to Minnesota to get a defensive end, but you may have to go to Miami and grab a five-star wide receiver like they're set to do, I think, today when Jalen Brown is going to announce
4: I think at 5 p.m. this afternoon. his
1: college choice at, uh, yeah, this evening. Uh, Jalen Brown, it feels like LSU is going to win out there. Cortez Hankton's done a magnificent job of – uh, keeping LSU relevant within that recruitment. That's a relationship that he had built from his days at Georgia, kept it going while he was here at LSU. And now it looks like LSU may win out uh, this afternoon with a commitment from a South Miami, from a South Florida, five-star playmaking wide receiver. That's an incredible reach and get, right? You go up to Baltimore and get a guy like Deshaun Walmack, a four-star defensive tackle that everybody in the country was beating down the door for, Daron Reed, beating out Ohio State for the Georgia native. Those are big stories in recruiting, right? So, I mean, it's not like if I'm sitting here beating the drum of, you got to get the Louisiana kids that you're passing on, Walmack, Reed, and, and Brown. I mean, like that—that that, that, that's not what I'm saying at all. But the guys that you have to get are guys like Xavier Atkins in Louisiana. Those are the type of ones that you can't let get away, where, you know, we can debate on wide receivers – Right? I mean, Jalen Brown's a five-star. Shelton Sampson's a five-star in Baton Rouge, right here at Catholic High. The difference in them is what? An eyelash? Of some, you know, some type of skill set, game-breaking, playmaking opportunity. Say you get them both, you got a local kid, you got a national kid, great recruiting season in, in for the wide receivers. Two five-stars, one from South Beach, one from Baton Rouge. That's... You hang your hat on that if you're Cortez Hankton. Right? But... The players that you have to get in the class, yeah, Derek Williams to me is a guy that you gotta get if you're LSU. And and I know that we've talked about that and they missed on him and he's going to Texas. It was a huge miss from my point of view. Xavier Atkins would be the same type of of sentiment for me. He's only a three-star, I know. Louisiana kid. Look at the film. Every game he plays in, he's the best player on the field. Or at least the three games that I watched Kind of extended cut from of Xavier Atkins, best player on the field, and it's not even close. And he's not the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. He's got the physique. He's he's he, fill out. he looks the part. Absolutely, he'll fill out. He's got more more of that to go. But just turn on the film. Mentality's different. He gets to the ball. When he gets there, he's coming to knock your head off. He's letting you know about it. He's got that Louisiana swag to him. To me, he's the, the the type of in-state players that every single recruiting cycle there's going to be one or two of them. LSU has to get those guys. It doesn't matter if it's a five-star like Derek Williams. To me, is is kind of being lost in it because I'm saying you got to get a guy like Derek. Well, he's a five-star. Everybody in the country's coming after him. I and mean, nils, I don't care. I, I don't care when it comes to players like that. You get him get him same goes for Xavier Atkins. I would put them in the same in, in, in the same conversation well he's only a two I know same player though same style of player same mentality as a player you put Derek Williams and Xavier Atkins in a neutral site with a bunch of kids out there I guarantee you Cream's going to rise to the top and those two are going to be you know two of the last standing When it's all said and done why just different down here in louisiana when it comes to that stuff that's that's what i'm saying on that those are the guys you have to get for the locker room's sake for the 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 mentality's sake for building the program's sake are you going to get every five star that comes through louisiana are you going to get every major prospect that the state produces no you're it's never going to happen and i don't expect it to happen but one thing that I think there has to be expectation for when talking about LSU football is that you got to get the dogs out of the state. You got to get the ones with the, the 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 game-changing both mentalities and physical attributes that plays out on the field. And to me, there's only about two or three of them, one or two of them every cycle, and you can't miss on them. And in this year's class, I would say that Williams and Atkins and just watching Atkins. I mean, like when you watch Jaden Allsbury play to me, like if you're just kind of looking for like comparison or or, or analogies and ways to kind of set this thing up in conversation to me, like Jaden Allsbury is like a Ferrari. He's like this 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 recruit when you go watch him play. He glides out there. He's so smooth. Even when he hits you, he comes up and hits you. He doesn't even look like he's even kind of phased by it. He kind of just runs through you, puts his shoulder down. He's got, you know what I mean? He just looks like a Ferrari out there. Derek Williams and Xavier Atkins are like F two fifty trucks. You know what I mean? Where they're just coming in. They're pulling up. They don't really care what they run over. They don't care who they intimidate. They don't care what you think about them. They're just coming to mess some shit up. And they're coming to kind of like establish dominance. Two totally different styles, both effective in their own rights, both great players in their own rights, right? But Osbury is more of a, you know, you've got a special role for him. On your defense Williams and Atkins throw them out there. Watch what happens. They'll be around the ball every play. So, I mean, I I just, that, that's really where I'm coming from. On, on, on all of this, you know, I've had so many people come up to me and ask me about what's going on. What what do you, what's going on with the recruiting stuff? Like they're rolling right now. They're rolling right now. That's non-debatable. It's not up for debate that they are killing it in recruiting right now, crushing it. And to me, the most impressive thing that they've done over the last five days, flipping Xavier Atkins here in Louisiana. That's the part that makes me feel the best about what they have going on. Not reaching out and grabbing Minnesota's number one player. That's awesome. Reaching out and grabbing Indiana's number one player. That's great. Beating Ohio State for Deron Reed out of Georgia. Big time recruiting get... Getting Jalen Brown, five-star wide receiver out of Miami, man, impressive. Getting Xavier Atkins out of Jonesboro Hodge was a must. And the fact you did it, awesome. Those are the types of players every single year in Louisiana's recruiting cycle, they're going to give you. They're going to produce that for you. Will Campbell was that guy last year. You know? I mean, like, to give you an idea, Will Campbell's mean, nasty, game-changing guy. He just happened to be a five-star. For whatever reason, the services haven't gotten to Jonesboro yet and seen Xavier Atkins. I can't wait to talk to Sam Spiegelman coming up here at 8 o'clock just about his evaluation. Because when you watch him play, I mean, I was like, three-star? That guy's a three-star? No way. Because if some of these guys that I've seen play are four and five stars, that guy deserves to be in the mix. So
4: did he have like 200 tackles his sophomore year? It's it's incre- I'm it's, telling you every single every play, play he is, he's, he's, he's on the football. On, it's unbelievable. Then they put every him on offense.
1: single play. He's on the football. And it's not like You can't teach that. You no, know, it's not and it's not like um biggest, strongest, fastest guy. No, You he's, know what he's, I mean? Like it's, everywhere. It's, it's it's not I'm sure at some point in his life when he was probably in 8th grade, when he was probably like in 6th grade, I'm sure it was like that, where you just pitch him the ball and he'll go 90 yards. You put him Touch on defense, that. he makes every tackle. I'm sure he had points of that in his life. Now the competition, you know, I mean, he's playing North Louisiana schools up there that are very prideful about high school football. I mean, they got a lot of dogs up there too that can play. And now he's got to become a marked man, right? Where, I mean, defense or offenses are planning. Like you got to take, you got to block Atkins. I mean, there's multiple. And I was watching it with somebody who really knows how to watch film. I still don't really know how to watch football film. You know what I mean? Like just the the what what people are looking for every play and breaking it down. I get I still get kind of caught up in watching the ball, right? But one thing that you I had pointed out to me is like, look how many times he beats the double team. Look how many times they are obviously throwing attention at him to try and take him out of the play, and he just beats people to a spot.
4: And he's not, and it's not even a twenty 2020, twenty any twenty twenty four. I think that's isn't that right. I think that's what Hunter Fournette just put in the chat. Like, I think that was his yeah, sophomore. he's twenty twenty four. Yeah, that was his sophomore year. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you look at him and you say, "Oh, he doesn't look like the biggest guy on the field," he's going to, the way he's put together, he's going to pop. Yeah, like this man is going to be probably two hundred twenty pounds, two hundred fifteen pounds by the time he's ready to go to LSU. And when you commit this early, you always kind of worry about it. But a Jonesboro Hodge kid committing to LSU as a sophomore year sounds pretty much like this is where I've been wanting to go. I've been waiting for this offer.
1: Absolutely. And you, you know, I mean, you, you, you wrangle up the best players in the state for future cycles. You, you, even if he was to decommit, open it up, you've still got this time period where you've made the impact, where you've got him committed, and you can always go back to that. Right? I you mean, always like,
4: remember your first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like kids like Derek
1: Williams, like you never had you that opportunity with him. <laughs> you know, you never, <laughs> you never had that chance to really – Seal the deal. Uh, you know, r- recruit that back. So – uh, it's a good sign. of change for great. LSU football. I, I, look, they they're, they're they're rolling right now, and Jeremiah Hughes pledging last night from Bishop Gorman's a great sign. It looks like Jalen Brown today is going to pop to him at five o'clock this afternoon. Where's a he going? Five star wide receiver, huh?
5: Jalen Brown. I
1: they, think he's going to LSU. And they
5: yeah,
4: yeah. There's mixed reports about his him moving his recruit like his committed date up. Like some people thought, because of the the recent visits that he had just mm-hmm. left. LSU so he was going to go there, and then people like, "Well, he just left Miami, so they obviously made an impression." So I think it's between LSU and Miami, I but a lot like of crystal Miami. balls are coming in for LSU. Really? Oh, I
5: feel, yeah. I've been feeling Miami.
1: No, I mean, uh, that is that's have inc- you, that's incredible yeah, you in feel its feel own. LSU. That's inc- incredible in its own right. Is that if he left there? Yeah. Yeah. To beat Miami right now? Yeah. Because if it you go into Miami and beat them, you're doing something. Yeah. Now, I mean, a couple, Hell, you know, yes. over the last ten to fifteen cycles they've lost their you know they've kind of lost their cachet in recruiting they've lost their their brand they've lost their their punch mm-hmm. but overnight with a billionaire booster and a strong commitment to nil they're back in the game right and even with the ncaa going down there uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that they were you know about to dive into investigating miami and their recruiting taxes their tactics they're still doing it you know i mean they're they're saying okay come on down here i mean we'll We'll show you whatever you want, and we'll comply to whatever you need. But we ain't stopping. And, you know, I mean, to me, I love when Miami is good in college football. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I really do. I think that the the sport is better when Miami is a top five, top ten program. Um, So I hope Miami does get it back for college football's sake. I also hope that LSU can still go into South Beach, into South Miami, into South Florida, and pull five-star guys. I mean I'm trying to think when's the last five star wide Dwayne Bow?
4: Oh, probably. I mean, mean if you go oh, it's like pure Miami, I'd imagine Dwayne Bowe. It's usually like Allie Highsmith. Yeah. When
1: but was the, that? I mean thinking Dwayne like Bowe. skill guys. I mean Dwayne Bow was 03.
5: Oh jeez.
1: Allie Highsmith was 06.
5: Those
3: are the 05. last five.
1: I mean I'm trying to re- I'm trying to recall high end Miami recruits, South Florida recruits. Was John Battle a high recruit? John Battle? Mm. He was a big time recruit for sure. That um, LSU was able to go into that part of the country and get. I
4: mean, Patrick Peterson, sure, a Beach, sure. Absolutely. Is that, I mean, that was a I mean, game changer. Miami Florida. was on the hat. You know, that was on the table. Yeah, Florida, Miami, they, they
1: really but, beat Florida. They beat Urban Meyer. But
4: yeah, Miami, Florida, and LSU were that. Weren't they the three hats on the table? Uh-huh. And yeah, to be able to pull him was almost like a. I remember watching that recruitment. Like this is a game changing. If you can get this guy out of Florida. LSU's making a move to do something pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're capitalizing on all yeah. of the things that, you know, your, your former success, if you can. And he came at a time when LSU absolutely needed to have him. Like, we were kind of wavering a little bit, and then it's like, no, LSU still has a little bit of punch in him to go get a five-star pro. Like, you knew when you saw him play, he's, this man's an NFL player. Mm-hmm. And LSU was able to pull him out, out of, essentially, South Florida and get him to come to LSU, and he started, like, three games into the year.
3: Started his
1: yeah. first yeah freshman year. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. Uh, Lgz hashtag ask Jordy. Do we still question nil if LSU is able to pull Jalen Brown from Miami? It's a great question. It is a good um, question because I do think that there are look there are examples over the last couple of or the last cycle I think that you can point to and where LSU made a push on on nil. So, I mean, we don't believe Harold Perkins came to LSU without an nil deal, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, especially with who he decommitted from in Texas A&M. So, I mean, I think that there are objectives and plans put in place for certain recruits every year where, or maybe, maybe not every year because they've only had one cycle where this, is, this has been legal. Um, and in that one cycle, the evidence that I take away from it is that they put a couple of NIL deals together for some guys, most notably Harold Perkins being the one that I'm – really stressing, but they also missed out on some guys on signing day. So they didn't have a plan in place to collectively from the collective, go get the recruiting class, right? Like other schools are doing. So I I think that, like I said, they're not dead. The NIL stuff is not dead at LSU. They've got a heartbeat and they've got people that are, uh, you know, trying to, to put plans in place to make LSU effective in In that part of the sport, Um, what what they don't have is the whole collective like A&M, like Alabama, like Texas, that's kind of putting together their money and pooling it every year and saying, hey, look, rather than going after one individual, let's go after 25. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and this is how you're going to spread the money Mm -hmm. out. And this is how you're going to recruit towards it. This is the message. You know, I mean, obviously the Texas A&M recruiting coordinator, whoever that personnel Mm -hmm. was in showing them around (laughs) the state. I mean, that's a pitch. Yeah. That's not something he just makes up. He has said that 150 times, probably that week. Yeah. You know, so whatever that message is going to be from the staff to the players on hey, this is what's going to open up the conversation for you to start talking to those people about business opportunities,
4: (laughs) right? I mean, That's awesome. All these people. (laughs) Corn dogs, Jackie. (laughs) All these people.
1: (laughs) Uh, Hunter Fournette, the Derek Williams commitment might have jumped the, uh, might have jump-started the collective a little early. That's the type of stuff that will happen. Mm-hmm um marcus stewart jordy why are you worried about perkins who's worried about perkins what? perkins is in the boat i'm not yeah. i'm celebrating harold perkins already got our perk. <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not worried about about harold perkins perk i'm celebrating <laughs> harold
4: perkins you we'll should sure 30 for sure <laughs> and just
6: make
7: his, that would make be his awesome.
4: last name perk I'm, I'm customizing a jersey
1: wait what Could do put you gonna wall.
4: big perk no perk 30 well it's uh <laughs> that's what you took for your neck
1: uh yeah, <laughs> Two, <maybe> two. <laughs> Hashtag ask Jordy, When do you think Zalance Hurd is going to commit? I don't know dates. We'll ask Sammy Spiegelman about that coming up at eight a.m. Um, when he thinks Hurd uh, is the offensive tackle from Neville High School who played opposite Will Campbell last year um, and really has seen his recruitment over the last couple of uh, the last couple of weeks and months here really start to explode. Uh, I know that LSU feels like they are sitting in a really good place for him after he camped at LSU during June. Uh, but I've spoke to Brandon Harris on Texas's staff at the University of Texas. Brandon Harris, the former LSU quarterback, who is camping out in the state of Louisiana now. Um, he has really done bang up work in getting LSU, or excuse me, getting Texas some inroads to Louisiana high school coaches, and in particular, North Louisiana uh high schools because of, you know, Brandon Harris's allegiance and obviously being from that part of the state. But Harris and Texas feel like they are sitting in the driver's seat. I know I spoke to him uh over the weekend while I was in Austin and Hurd's name came up a couple of times on just where they they believe they're sitting um right now. And for as confident as the staff of of who I talk to over at LSU feels like they are on Hurd and look I think LSU's probably um, you know right to feel the most confident right now I can tell you Texas feels as confident um, in in kind of what their their, their message is about Hurd and um, the potential of, of of possibly landing him so uh, I do know that Brandon Harris is going to be a he's going to be a thorn in LSU side for. The next couple of years or until somebody uh, makes a move on him remember sean mcveigh made an aggressive push mm-hmm. on trying to hire brandon harris uh to the los angeles rams last year as his quarterbacks coach harris is 27 years old uh when when when, when mcveigh made that phone call i'd imagine it is tough to turn down sean mcveigh at 27 years old if you are uh in the in the trade of football coaching uh, to stay on texas's staff obviously sarkisian and the university of texas officials had to make it worth a while for harris <laughs> to stay imagine. in austin like, that's incredible that
5: texas can do? punch
4: in that weight class yes like i'm sure the, not not punch when you out to win land the knock punch. out the yeah. super
1: bowl champs
4: right i'm sure the money wasn't the same i would imagine that texas offered more money but the the value of being connected to Sean McVay is worth its weight in gold. I know. Every coach that's even like sniffed his underwear is getting a job in the NFL. So I'd imagine that Ew. that was Brandon Harris. Well, anybody that's like, <laughs> close to him, if you swim, if you were at a pool party next to him. Like, oh, he coached yeah. with Sean McVay. Yeah. I'll hire the him. The get-back yeah. coaches is yeah. the job. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and so for him to be turned down basically a career-making opportunity mm-hmm. to stay at Texas is... What did
5: they offer? Th- uh, all- uh, yeah.
1: If Brandon Harris decides he wants to be a head football coach in college, he will be unstoppable. If his career he coming here. If his career trajectory continues on the path that it's on and he can stay, you know, I mean there's a lot of temptation for a young coach. Mm-hmm. Right? For for somebody that's in Austin, that's got the the, the, the pay that the, 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 the pay that he's making. He got no wife, he got no kids, uh, you know, but I mean if he can stay on the trajectory he's on, he's got the smile, he's got the he's got the he can gab, talk it. he yeah. can talk it, um, and he's got the experience. You know, I mean, he's got the history of it, which I believe means th- there's only so many Will Wade and Urban Myers guys that did not play the sport at all that can make it nearly to the top. Right? In Urban Myers' case, make it to the top. There's there's not as many that you can find that don't play at the high level or at least the collegiate level that can make it to that time in the sport, right? Even like Sean McVay. I mean, McVay was a baller in at a low college in Georgia, but he didn't play pro ball and to see the success that he's having in the NFL, it's rare to see that. Sean Payton. Sean Payton is kind of an outlier when yeah, it comes when to he, that.
4: Yeah, he played safety and No, he was a quarterback, quarterback at Washington that's at that's uh, uh, of Eastern what? Illinois. Eastern Illinois, Illinois yeah. Uh, wherever Once Tony Romo Washington,
1: went. Yeah. Wherever Tony Romo went. And then he was... Uh, he was a scab he was a replacement when the lockout happened in 87 sean payton was the starting quarterback for the chicago bears
4: keanu reeves
1: right exactly i mean he he, he was the uh uh he was the lockout quarterback so um but then he elevated himself to probably the best play caller in the world you right know i mean like the, the the most creative offensive mind
4: Sean McGinnis.
1: And it doesn't always work out like that. I mean, like Magic Johnson was a terrible basketball coach. You know, what I mean, Michael Jordan's a, not that good of an owner. Mm. You know, what I mean, where you see guys like Steve Kerr, who was kind of a role player his entire life, going down as maybe, you know, he's kind of his making himself rings. in. He's kind of elbowing his, 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 his way up to the table as, you know, one of the top coaches in the NBA over the last, you know, 50 years. Um, So, I mean, it doesn't always work out like that. But my point being is that Brandon Harris is going to be an issue for LSU and for other schools, uh, but particular LSU because of his comfort level in Louisiana, his relationships and high school coaches that he knows in the state of Louisiana, and now he's recruiting with the NIL pitch on his Texas back. I mean, remember, every Texas offensive lineman that's on scholarship is getting a minimum of $50,000 from a collective in Austin. That's got to be pretty easy to recruit to Lance Hurd who's the top offensive lineman in the state of Louisiana, that's not necessarily locked into going to LSU. He doesn't say to himself, like Will Campbell, I could have been the coach at LSU and he was coming here. You know what I mean? Like they could have fired O, hired me, and he was still coming to LSU. You could have brought Curly Hallman back. Probably. And he he was still coming to LSU. I think Lance Hurry has kind of made the feeling like, "Eh, I don't have to go to LSU. I mean, I'm not locked. I'd love to. You know what I mean? But I'm listening. And if Texas is paying, they're going to pay me minimum 50 k just to sign? Just because I'm on scholarship, I get 50 k And I'm probably going to turn out to be a player, so I'm going to make more than that? you got to listen.
4: Do you, what do you think Brandon Harris thinks of his time at LSU? Uh,
1: I'm what sure he hates mean? Les Miles.
5: <laughs> do you oh. think he does hate him?
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know no, that. I, I, I don't want to say that because I do know No, Brandon, Obviously, speculative. Uh, yeah. very, and, and Brandon and I are friends, but we've never had that. And I, I would just speculate and say that he did just because of the mismanagement, of right?
4: And that's what I'm wondering if he considers like LSU, like not only like he wants to be a thorn in LSU's side, like if he's like, oh, I'd imagine s- so, like spite, yeah, because I mean yeah. the fan base it's may have done bad. that to yeah. it also. Right. Oh no, he was treated like it was unbelievable the fact that he if there had been the transfer portal, I'd have hopped in that thing so yeah. fast. Mean, they, was he was he never had a chance. Oh,
3: uh, Katie, he would
6: come out like. As the starting quarterback, they would announce him and they would boo, boo him. They Why? would boo this they man. They would boo him. Like, Why? every time. Every time Brandon Harris was a the starter, they was would struggling. boo him. Well, I mean, Les Miles
1: was his coach.
4: Yeah. That's what well, Not were, only that, it was a – He was in an antiquated system he was a that a
6: never
1: – It fall. was a perfect storm of – Like, Cam Cameron was his offensive coordinator. Right. Were Les Miles was his head coach. They just were so – Behind. Behind and unprepared. And, I mean, I would say Harris is probably the – before this recruiting cycle, where you had Holstein, Arch, this is and line. Ricky, and even Walker last season, I mean Brandon Harris was the savior. One of the best mm-hmm. quarterbacks to come through this state.
4: His, his high school tape is unbelievable. It's stupid. He could. Spin I mean, if, it.
1: if you've ever seen him just throw, pick up a ball and yeah. throw it, you are like, oh my, oh my god. god. So could,
4: what oh, the offense got his ass.
1: I mean, he just he, he would. played. He played too young. Mm-hmm. First off, like that. See, like this is this is what goes into. Um, the natural evolution or, or the natural progression of a quarterback. Like the way that they handled Garrett Nussmeyer mm-hmm. is the first time I've seen LSU handle the quarterback situation with any competence since really? Jamarcus, Matt Flynn, and Ryan Perilou because they've always been in a savior mode. Mm-hmm. They've always been in. Hey, if you go get a five star kid like Jarrett Lee out of Texas, we have to play him. and you've thrown Ryan Perilou off the team, and you're playing a transfer from Harvard, and that kid gets killed at Auburn, <laughs>
4: <laughs> you got
1: to put the freshman in. You know what I mean? Like, you got to put this 18 year old kid in who's not prepared for this moment, he's not ready to go do this. And if you can cut someone's teeth like you did with Garrett Nussmeyer, where you give Nussmeyer reps, you give him real game situations, you even give him a week to prepare for an SEC opponent like he started against Arkansas. Did he start against Arkansas? No, they pulled him out the first Johnson, series.
4: Yeah. Did he
1: start the next? He started an SEC se- game.
4: He started the next series.
1: No doubt. No, I remember that. But, I mean, he's, he's seen just about everything that you can see up close and still a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't kill his confidence. You didn't ruin him. You didn't ruin him. They ruined Jarrett Lee. They ruined Brandon Harris. I was on the sideline the night at Auburn that Brandon Harris started his first game as a true freshman. At Auburn at night. At Auburn at night. It was the weekend after LSU- that Dak Mississippi State LSU. Yeah, yeah. They put Brandon Harris into that game uh-huh. in the second half, and they nearly came back and won. A Hail Mary away. That. That's one of the storylines in that game that people forget. LSU almost won that game because of Malachi Dupree and Brandon Harris. They were like just backyard balling out there, just throwing the ball Throw it up, for, up. In, in the air, and Malachi's out jumping everybody. Brandon Harris is out throwing everybody. And even when you were watching it, you were like, this shit ain't going to play. This ain't going to happen. You can't do this every week. I mean, was Will Muschamp the defensive coordinator at Auburn during that time, I believe? I mean, you gave him a week to look at Brandon Harris on film. By the time Harris showed up to Jordan Hare, he was a sitting duck. Mm-hmm.
4: They sent 11 at him.
1: Lyle Collins came off the field, opening possession of LSU's game. I'm standing, like, Les Miles is probably standing where Lloyd is mm-hmm. compared to where I am on the sideline. I'm standing right here. Got a camera, video in the game, and Lyle Collins is walking off the field, and he unsnaps his helmet and throws it down from the face mask, and his helmet explodes on the sideline. Ear pads yes. come out, uh, the, the 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 foam inside comes rolling out, his mouthpiece is rolling up, and he screams out loud, "This motherfucker's calling plays that we don't even have." Uh-uh. Talking about Brandon Harris, Brandon, and Harris, oof. and and on the sideline, Leonard Fournette. Tells Frank Wilson he called one of his high school plays. Really? Like he's so nervous. Yeah. His ass is like a sewing pin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's so tight. They've got 90,000 raining down on him. It's on national television. Whoa. Auburn is Aww. busting at the seams. They're like, they're foaming at the mouth to get to this mm-hmm. kid.
4: Gladiators you know what I mean? Scenario. Like they, they,
1: they, they know he is just
5: terrifying. Neat. <laughs> like, I mean, just oh, god,
1: sitting in the middle of a field, like just he's dead man walking. Mm-hmm. He got no shot. And what they did to his confidence yeah. after that night was a lot like what they did to Jared Lee. Mm-hmm. Like you could see signs of, like Jared Lee was leading the SEC was leading the country in passing efficiency through six games his senior year. Mm-hmm. Gave you an idea. Like, this kid can play. Yeah. Like, this cat can go. Right. You know what I mean? Like, even Brandon Harris the week before that showed you, this dude's legit. Get yeah. all
4: the talent the world. You know what I mean? But
1: you can't start him at Auburn. At night. You can't start Jarrett Lee against Alabama yeah. at 18. This kid's going to – I mean, you might lose him. You know I mean? You might, you might break him. Yeah. He may never be the same. And, you know, I mean, you credit a kid like Lee, Jarrett Lee, and even a guy like Brandon Harris, who they – Figured it out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they naturally, they were too good of football players not to get it, but it it set them back so much that they never were able to reach their potential. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a kid like Walker Howard, you get him over under 75 snaps this year. Under. That's fine with me. But you give him 75 meaningful snaps as a freshman where you're able to Procure his red shirt. You're able to get him some real life moments. Let him play on Saturday night in Tiger Stadium. Let him play if you're down or up on the road a series or two just to get an idea of what it's like to take the field at, you know, Florida, wherever you may be. And you let him maybe play three quarters of a non conference game, right? Where he goes out there and he fails like high school again, where he's just throwing the ball around and he's one of the best players on the field. And then you put him on the shelf. For the summer, and now Walker Howard's kind of walking around campus like, I can do this.
3: Mm-hmm. It's college things kind of you know easy. I mean? Like
1: I I, I, I got this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've traveled People now. Start I don't name. have, I don't have to worry about like showing. Like I mean, Brandon. That was the first time Brandon Harris had ever seen Auburn. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that. That was the first. That was probably the first time as a college football player it was that he had ever traveled to a road sec venue yeah you know what i mean like he had never even known what it's like to fly on a plane with lsu to go play a road game he's 18 Mm -hmm. flying on the plane for the first time going in the sec venue as the starter like that ain't fair no it's not That's not fair
4: and they announced someone like a like a monday or tuesday like he didn't even keep it in his back pocket like Les told the world that he was that he that that going to go with this. That, that Brandon Harris is going to start. Right. And he was just like, don't do this to this kid. Like, I knew that, and I was 19 years old. It's like, you can't expect anything from Brandon Harris and him mm-hmm. to go into Auburn as a freshman. Like, oh, let's see what he's got. Like, this is not the time to play that card. Like, the, what happened at Mississippi State is an outlier because you're already down. You're like, sure. you got a whole big old case of the fuckets. Right. Well, like, who cares? Well,
1: see, like, to, to what happened there mm-hmm. was Mississippi State game planned for. Who? Anthony Anthony Jennings? Jesus. You know what I mean? So, like, they're sitting there thinking, like, they can't throw it. Yeah. So, put all the safeties up in the box. We'll play eight yards away from the line of scrimmage, and we'll just stop Fournette all night. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we'll we'll beat their ass. Mm -hmm. Well, then you put this kid in the game, and you're like, oh, my God, he's got an arm. And then they got players like Malachi Dupree that can run past our cornerbacks. Like, we're not ready for this. Yeah. You know, like, we're, we're adjusting in the game. Like, hey, 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 scratch everything we practiced this week and what we've been playing for three quarters. And now we got to start playing, like, cover two. We got to start, like, playing deep pass People got to guard the – you got to get back. Mm-hmm. Don't get beat deep. And Harris is just, like, flicking his wrist. You know what I mean? 60. Like, throwing it over everybody. Malachi's jumping over everybody. And, like, you know, Mississippi State panicking. Mm-hmm. I think the game was seven points.
4: It was, and yeah, Brandon Harris had, Harris threw a Hail Mary in the end zone and had a chance to tie it up at the end of regulation. They right. knocked it down from running. I think that's what I remember. Yeah. Which is crazy because I was at that game. Me
7: too. And I was Me just
4: too? like,
1: so was like this is incredible. Like, they, they might win. Yeah, because I didn't leave. I, I was they, like, oh, Brandon Harris is coming in. Let's t- at I least watch. I think they <laughs> took Dak out, out. and yeah. put him back in. Yeah. Like, I think that, that they, were is like, what
5: happened.
4: they were like, they were like, oh, shit. It was wasn't it like 34 to 7 or something like that? It was what's the score over there? 34 to 10. 34 to 10. Ooh, creepy yeah, glass. What was the final? Yeah, that was close. No, that's what it is right now. He's watching the game. Mm-hmm. And Brent Harris isn't in yet, I don't think. I mean, final was
1: 34 29. They could have won. I mean, so if he catches it at the it's end, they do win.
4: Yes. Oh, my God.
5: Oh. That's sad. I feel so bad for him.
4: I feel bad for him now. No, you know trust
3: mean?
1: Like me,
4: he put him back. I know, yeah, but
5: I mean, that's awful <laughs> to go through that. Yeah, that's really awful. Oh, you
0: should have seen him on campus. Could you imagine that being really? your son?
5: No, I couldn't.
1: Could you imagine that's that awful. being your kid? Could you no. imagine Les Miles and Cam Cameron sitting in your living room for the previous two years, telling you and promising you how much they're going to take care of your kid, how much they're going to make sure that nothing happens to him outside of your uh, outside of your house, mm-hmm. everything, and like. The, the, the part that you're most secure with with that, I'd imagine, is like the football part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, protect my well, kid. Yeah. Like, when he's away from the facility, Coach, can you promise me that he's going to be protected, that he's going to be safe? I promise you, ma'am. Right. I promise you. I, I give you my word that he will not get in any type of trouble or nothing's going to ha- happen to him if I can control mm-hmm. it. Right? Perfect. I don't have to ask you about how you're going to manage him on the football field, mm-hmm. do I? Like, right. you've been doing this for 30 years, exactly. Les. You know, like, you're not going to screw him up yeah. by, by, like, mismanaging the kid and, like, putting him out there before he's ready, right? Like, it, when you, I guess you probably should have because of the Jarrett Lee example, mm-hmm. right? Because there was, you know, in comparison's sake, Brandon Harris felt a lot like Jarrett Lee. Right. Where you were able to go and get this elite quarterback that comes in and the guy in front of him it is not – You know you you feel like you should be playing lee it feels like you should be playing harris because they're just more talented than the guy in front of them but you couldn't develop them Mm -hmm. like miles and cameron they couldn't develop a quarterback to save their life like i mean jamarcus russell had to show up Mm -hmm. matt flynn had to be here i mean those guys they they were self-made almost it wasn't as if or they had some jimbo fisher teaching in Mm -hmm. them that really kind of carried them through Mm -hmm. right the college you know level i mean Les Miles with a quarterback would be like, I mean, you know, giving you the Quran and saying, read it for me. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like, I, can't, I, can't, I don't even know what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Like, this is this looks like uh, hieroglyphics. I, mean, yeah. I don't even know what you're doing. So, I mean, you ask Les Miles, hey, develop a quarterback for us. I mean, you might as well ask him to recite the alphabet backwards. Mm-hmm. You might you might as well ask him, him to spell that. his name. Complete a sentence, Les. You know what I mean? There's a challenge for it. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, Had the want. I, uh, I, uh, I like my team. Oh, do you? Thanks. <laughs> do you
0: want to go to voodoo barbecue? You prick.
4: <laughs> <laughs> do you barbecue. have the want for voodoo barbecue? The Ugh. chest for voodoo barbecue? Mm. Mm. Exactly. you got to have the chest. chest.
1: <laughs> Never forget when he introduced Cam Cameron in his opening press conference. The first line out of Miles's, of his mouth. Was that I stood in this guy's wedding? He stood in mine. Like, oh, really? You're paying him two million bucks <laughs> yeah. now to call plays? Is hmm. that all it takes?
4: Oh, brother-in-law in it.
1: Yeah, just a just a, just a frat up in here.
4: Yeah, yeah, this will go well. Yeah, so, just everybody reminiscing. And the well, why sad did the thing fans was, fans
5: hate him, hate Brandon Harris. Then, if this was Les Miles' fault, well, because people
1: love people love Les. Fans can't hmm. get out of what they see yeah like fans react to what they're looking at mm-hmm. and when you see brandon harris running for his life and just throwing the ball up in the air you're like this kid sucks yeah. what's he doing you know what i mean yeah. but then you come to find out he's calling high school plays on the road against auburn when he's like he don't know what he's doing yeah it's unfair to ask him to go out there and go beat auburn son right. you know what i mean Game's like, yours. yeah yeah like welcome to college football mm-hmm. we gotta have you to win like, no, nah, Les, that's on you for mismanaging the program. Play the walk on you, dickhead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, go lose your job, mm-hmm. right, rather than screwing this kid's confidence up and, and wrecking him for the next two years. So
4: people just didn't realize it.
1: No. Oh, I mean, I, I think that it, it, they...
4: There's a sect of people that definitely saw It what, does.
1: You yeah. know what I mean? But... Ninety thousand in the moment at the game right. in the stadium looking at it you're not saying oh well less you know what i mean it,
4: yeah less than 18 them. whiskey and cokes in like oh get this oh he stinks yeah, right.
7: get this man on my game yeah right got sammy
1: what
7: well, um, sad
5: what a sad story i feel bad for him for
7: um,
1: Brandon. again don't feel bad for him now
5: i know but that's un- really unfortunate
4: that's um, a hard story that's hard well, yeah, he thinks about it every day, I'm sure, before he goes into LSU and yeah, picks everybody he wants to come to Texas. I bet. That's what I'm saying, bet he he'll does. never coach at LSU. He ain't coming back. Well,
1: I don't know if you can say that definitively in the coaching fraternity because the coaching gets to a point where you're like, hey, man, I need a job.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, you know I think I mean? he's he's going to have his choice. Sure, right now he does. Yeah.
1: You know, but coaching
4: yeah, it is does. a windy,
1: windy yeah. road. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
4: A
3: lot of peaks <laughs> and valleys. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah,
1: It's different when you're – 43 in the game rather than when you're 26, 27. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? like.
4: But the way that's just the way that college coaching and NFL coaching is trending. Like, the younger guy is who they're looking for. Like, you get opportunities yeah, younger, it is. as you say, with the, the Sean McVay. Like, look at the coaching fraternity and the elite coaches in the league. They're all in their, I would say, like, mid-30s to 40s. Mm-hmm. It's not the 55, 60-year-old man on the sidelines really anymore. Right. So he's going to have –
1: it's and Joe Sloan. Young,
4: yeah, the younger it trends, the more yeah. opportunities you're going to have with the younger guys.
1: Like, Joe Sloan probably is at the peak of both mental and physical coaching abilities. Like, Sloan still has the 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 youth where he can get out there and still kind of act it out. You know what I mean? He can still pop Wakes in Wakes up chest. every
4: day and feels good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He can
1: still run around with right. you out there. He can still, you know, like, hey, watch out. This is what it needs to look like. You know, catch a snap and throw an out route. He, like, Jimbo Fisher can't do that anymore. Yeah. But he could when he was coaching Jamarcus and Rohan,
4: right? And you if, know, and like if, when
1: he was out there, he'd, he'd shove Rohan in the chest. Let me get out the way, you big fucker. Let me show yeah. you how to <laughs> do. <laughs> it. You know, <laughs> know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's how he probably treated Rohan. That's why they're so close to it because they were more like brothers than they were coach pupil, right? With
4: yeah, we're throwing the ball together,
1: like with Denbrock and with Denbrock and Miles Brennan. I mean, that's coach pupil. But, like, the, the thing that's most impressive to me about Denbrock is that he still kind of has that personality to you where he can get out there and rib you and make you laugh and kind of keep that young keep. youth coaching style. He can't get out there and give you a five-step drop and show you what it needs to look like when firing out an out route, right? But he can make a joke to...
4: I like this guy. Make
1: you understand, like, he gets it. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about.
4: And if Sloan plays his cards right, he can ride this Walker Howard train. And if he does it correctly, he'll have his pick of the litter, of what jobs he wants after, you know, you'll have to kind of fight to keep him.
1: That's the recipe in college football. Absolutely. That's how it works. I mean, if you're a quarterback's coach, if you're an offensive, you know, quality control guy, like Brandon Harris is at Texas, and you bring in a – like, say Quinn Ewers goes in next year and rewrites Texas's single-season record books for passing – be two or three guys on the offensive side of Texas's ball that gets a coaching job. You know, maybe an elevated job. Maybe Brandon Harris is the quarterback's job, you know, gets a quarterback's coaching job at somebody else. For Arch. <laughs> Anywhere. I mean, Harris had a big you know, I mean he was he was big on the arch recruitment. You know, I mean he was big on the relationship building process. He's gonna I'm telling you, he's doing the right thing. <laughs> like he's in the right position of where he needs to be from a uh just from a trade standpoint, from a working standpoint, um, he's going to be fantastic. He, he is fantastic. He's going to continue to be great at that. LSU's doing bang-up work in recruiting. I don't, I don't want to lose the message of, you know, that's where we were. LSU's cleaning up right now. Uh, speaking of it, Sammy Spiegelman uh, is already there, and let's go to uh, two speaks. Uh, I believe he's up in New York this morning uh, as he checks in with us here on this, uh, on this Friday. Sammy, good morning. How are you, man? Doing great, Jordy. How you doing? Doing good, man. Um, If you could, somebody who covers this part of football, wrap up what the last week has been like for LSU. It has been a flurry of commitments and big-time names coming through his commits uh, that feels like it started on July 1st uh, and has continued through last night. What do you make of the last week LSU has had? It's just that time
8: of the year. I think everyone's getting excited and I think everyone just kind of forgets that this is this is the summer. This is what happens in the summer. Um, and nowadays, you know, camp season is always you know, prolific for commitments. You get a bunch of kids on campus for the first time. A lot of kids that got offered in the spring or are now on their second or third visits to, to school. And then you, you have camp season, you have official visits going on during camp season. So these are turning into just monster weekends um you know for lsu in particular they had a couple of big official visit weekends in june and you're starting to see the the fruits of those visits um, july 4th is, is it's, it's almost as busy as the early signing period if you really think about it you have double digit commitments and you know they're all getting ready to get ready to go back to school in a couple of weeks or, or maybe take one more visit and then make a decision before their senior season so it's just that time of the year and lsu is capitalizing off of all that
1: uh jeremiah hughes the latest a cornerback commitment from bishop gorman in vegas he pledged last night to lsu what do you know about him and what do you uh what what how big is this commitment for the class
8: Hey, I really like this kid. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to talk about the on three rankings as being underrated, but he's a uh, he's a kid that I think by the end of his senior season is going to have a stock up. Um, I got to see him out in Las Vegas a couple of months ago, and you know he's about six foot two, 180 plus pounds. He moves really naturally. Um, I think he's a little bit raw, and I think he needs a little bit of coaching. You know, develop. Uh, see see if he can you know get his hips out a little bit better. You know, he's got a little bit to go, but, um, you know, physically he stands out. I think he plays receiver NDB for Bishop Gorman, one of the top powerhouses in the high school level in the country. He plays on the same – team is Zachariah Branch and gets to defend him every single day. So I think he's going to get better and he's going to go to LSU and continue to develop. I think he's, yeah, he's a little bit raw at this stage. Maybe he's a little bit underrated, but he's someone that, you know, going to work with Robert Steeples and be a big corner uh, work on the boundary. And that's an area of need for LSU in this 2023 cycle.
1: A guy who we talked about last time, the last time we talked LSU was just finishing up one of their camps on campus in the month of June and Lance heard uh, as a Lance Hurd <clears throat> from Neville uh, really shined. And I think the trend started to point towards LSU. I spoke with a uh, University of Texas um, a staffer, Brandon Harris, former LSU quarterback, over the weekend, and he says they feel real good about where they sit with Hurd. What's the latest on Hurd, and when do you expect his announcement?
8: Well, it's interesting. You, you mentioned Brandon Harris, and um, I obviously you know took in part of what you were saying, and he's doing great at Texas, and he's a big reason why, why Texas is in the mix or, or has commitments from so many elite guys from Louisiana right now. Lance Hurd did not show up for his Texas official visit, which Ah. is probably the most interesting tidbit I can share with you. Um, He did make it to Nebraska and then he worked out at LSU and he ended up staying for an unofficial visit for the entire weekend um, of LSU's elite camp. Um, Right now, I I already have an RPM for LSU. Um, I think my my colleague Billy does as well. And right now it's it's all LSU. Um, Brad Davis has always had the in with LSU. Um And you talked about him before. Mike Denbrock has spent a lot of time with Lance Hurd, talking about him being a you know a franchise left tackle, playing opposite of Will. And um, right now, I would say it's a matter of if, not when, when, when Lance Hurd commits to LSU. Um, Texas is certainly in it. They have been in it for a good amount of time. Bo Davis was leading that recruitment. Um, but since Lance has kind of settled on the offensive side of the ball, sees his future at tackle, um, I think LSU has been the team to beat since they finally got him on campus in June
1: uh jalen brown that's great news by the way on on herd uh jalen brown five-star wide receiver out of south florida is set to pledge uh, and make his commitment this afternoon lsu seems to be a school that is trending there uh even with hometown miami making a push for for him to get on campus uh what have you heard of brown's recruitment what do you expect this afternoon
8: yeah, I put my, my prediction in again last month for LSU, and and that seemed like a little bit of a dark horse pick at the time. And um, you know, I say this now, I'm still fairly confident in that. Um, LSU has done a fantastic job of um, this. Is this is really a, a Brian Kelly and a Cortez Hankton tandem? Um, Brian Kelly had Notre Dame in the mix with Jalen, um, and then Cortez Hankton had Georgia as a leader uh, with Jalen at a certain point in his recruitment, and they they met up at LSU. And the Graduate Champions logo is is prominent with Jalen. He's, he's been to Michigan. um, He's been to Texas and and Miami is probably the team pushing LSU the hardest as crunch time gets closer. Um, But all things considered, he's putting academics over, over football. And uh, the graduate champions logo is what I keep hearing is probably the biggest difference between LSU and Miami. Now Um, Miami did just, is, is rolling on the recruiting trail, just like LSU right now. They got Jaden Rashada and uh, Francis Malaga, the five-star offensive tackle from IMG. Um, NIL, if that's a, that is certainly a factor um, down the stretch. We'll see if Miami can make this a little bit more interesting toward the end. But right now, all signs point to LSU, and that's that's a credit really to, to Coach Hankton, who's had him on campus I think more than any other school, along with Florida State and Miami, which is pretty significant considering it's LSU for a Miami kid.
1: Sammy, how much does NIL come into the pitch?
8: It, I mean, you have to think about it. You know, these these kids are are name, image, likeness. They they represent what that means, right? Um, so they're talking about life changing money in certain situations there, you know, if you are an out of state, if you're a kid that's looking out of state, NIL gives you the opportunity for, for not only you, but maybe your family to attend more games than they would have otherwise. Um, and then in state, you know, obviously opportunities not only during while you're playing, but, but after football it comes into play. So it's a huge factor. It's, it's almost like NFL free agency at this point between the transfer portal and NIL and just regular signing classes. There's so many different elements to adjust your roster. Um, You know, you talk about LSU or Ohio State or any one of these schools, it's it's an it's they're running NFL front offices at this stage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, Matt House came into the studio a couple of weeks back and we asked him about the resources compared to a big time school like LSU and coming from the Kansas City Chiefs who won the Super Bowl three years ago. And he said that they had more resources at LSU and it wasn't even close. This from personal like departments and, you know, nutrition and rehab and everything that they have uh, at their uh, disposal. It's 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 greater at LSU. Uh, we have a uh, a question from a listener, John Quav asked specifically about uh, Chase uh, Bicentis, who is uh, from New Jersey. Is it Bicentis? Uh, the uh, the offensive line, B I S O N T I S, who was on an official visit uh, to LSU a couple of weeks back. Um, but more on the offensive line in this class. I know we talked about Hurd, uh, but how many other targets? What do you expect? From a commitment standpoint, on offensive line for LSU during this cycle,
8: yeah, you know, another kid that was on campus with Hurd um, during the elite camp was was Dellinger. Um, His brothers, obviously, on the roster, and he's set to commit sometime today. And I think all the the tea leaves are pointing to Michigan State, which just got a huge commitment yesterday, thanks to a Louisiana guy and Brandon Jordan and Mel Tucker. Um, But all things considered, uh, offensive line, you know, it seems like every year we talk about this. LSU's in a great spot with Lance Hurd, who's you know a future first round pick, as we've talked about. Um, but yeah, the rest of the offensive line remains in flux. That's going to be a big target for them um, going into the season. They got guys like chase Pesantis and TJ Shanahan. And I uh-huh. think that LSU right now might be trailing for both. Um, but they have plenty of time, I think to, to gain ground and, and offensive line, especially on the interior. If you're, if you're going to be able to reel in a guy like heard, but he's able to you need to find some guys to plug in on the inside. And obviously you got, got great guys last year, like Will Campbell and Emery Jones and Bo Bordelon, but they need to c- continue to supplant that. And um you know, I think that they got a long ways to go. They might have to turn in state on a couple of guys. You know, the Caden Jones from De La Salle, Tyree Adams from St. Aug. There's there's other guys. Now, those are true tackles. Um, but at, if you're LSU, you got to take what you can get. And it's just not a deep O-line class in the state or in the area this year.
1: Uh, that was harassment on uh, that name that I did. That he was. he didn't even know what to say. That was like, an assault. Gonna, not going to correct on, him on Bicentis, that. his last name, who turned out to be Bicentis. <laughs> like, uh, my bad, Chase. I'll just <laughs> very, go Chase B next time.
3: <laughs> very uh,
1: phonetic <laughs> of you, uh, <laughs> uh, Sammy. I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting also Country dragged. Emerging, uh, I'm getting dragged for a couple of takes that I had for, with national versus local recruiting. For LSU, saying that LSU really needs to build defense around the the state, obviously, and that the nucleus of all the championship teams have always been Louisiana guys. Obviously, they are dominating right now outside of the state. How do you see the balance kind of breaking down with Kelly and his staff?
8: Yeah, um, they they have the staff that's equipped to go national, and they have a staff that's very equipped to get the elite guys in the state of Louisiana. Now, this is a very unique cycle, this 2023 class. Um, Arch Manning is at the top of it. Um, Arch was not going to go to LSU, um, and I think it's, a, it's actually a pretty impressive feat that LSU was as far, as far along with Arch when it was all said and done before he ultimately picked Texas over Georgia and Alabama. Um, and then you have unique situations where there's three quarterbacks and they're all committed to different schools out of state, and, and I don't expect that to be the situation in a couple of months. But for right now, um, a lot of the elite guys in state um, have either not made their decision or they found their home. Um, you're not going to get everybody, but this staff is, is fully equipped to go out of state. Um, sure. You know, you got guys like Brad Davis, who's homegrown, Baton Rouge. Um, Frank Wilson is the godfather of Louisiana. Joe Sloan is one of the young, youthful, um, energetic coaches that has gravitated on the offensive side of the ball as national appeal. Um, and Cortez Hankton, who, yeah, he's from New Orleans. He's from St. Aug, he recruits New Orleans, he recruits the state. But he's coming off a national championship at Georgia. And, and that's going to help with guys like Jalen Brown, who's set to announce in a few hours. So they have the ability. They have commitments from all over the Midwest. Um, at edge and D line, which is just not a strong suit in Louisiana this year. So, you know, you can always have the the argument that, you know, LSU has to go from in-state first. and, And I certainly agree with that. There's plenty of talent on a year in year out basis. But at certain positions, it's just a little bit thinner in 2023 and deeper in others like quarterback. They're deep at quarterback. That's not usually the case. And they're weak at D-line, which is usually not the case. Right. Um, so they've gone to the Midwest. They've gone into Maryland. They've gone into Georgia. They beat out Ohio State and Georgia for a D-lineman. They got the number one players from Minnesota and Indiana, which is just insane to even say out loud sometimes. Um, you know, And, and they're still recruiting Louisiana guys like Shelton Sampson and Lance Hurd and Caleb Jackson and kylan jackson there's still a lot of big guys on the board that are in state and and sure if if lsu is going to go to a national championship they're going to have plenty of in-state flavor Um, but each cycle is just different and the staff is attacking accordingly
1: Uh, i know that they have a long way before this one gets on campus and xavier atkins but the commitment came through in the 2024 pledge uh earlier this week um sammy i had to i i thought i read it wrong when i said when i saw that he had 200 tackles last year i mean how good of a football player is this kid
8: yeah, the the two the two outside linebackers, I um, you talk about positions of strength in Louisiana. The two for twenty twenty four, Xavier Atkins and Collage Cobbins out of Destrehan, and the two of them um, put up video game like numbers, especially Xavier out of Jonesboro Hodge, which is obviously you guys know. It's not exactly in uh the the Baton Rouge or New Orleans area where he's getting a ton of pub, but he's been a, a major LSU target since, you know, the middle of his sophomore season. Puts up video game numbers. He's you know, he's a little bit raw. He's got range though, he's you know, all the all the physical attributes that you love to see from an outside linebacker, speed, explosiveness, range, sideline to sideline. And, you know, getting the 2024 class on board early on, you're starting to see, you know, everyone pays attention to the 2023 class, but during the summer months and leading into the season, they're starting to build their foundation for the 2024 class. And, you know, ultimately – you know, Xavier Atkins and Maurice Williams, those two that they got in 2024, are going to be representing LSU on the recruiting trail with a lot of the in state guys for 2024 that we're going to start talking about here in the next couple of months. So, um, Xavier is going to end up being a, probably a fan favorite of these LSU fans. He's just he's an outward fan of LSU. Um, I think he's been waiting to commit for some time. He was recruited by Blake Baker at Missouri, who was just on LSU staff, obviously. So, you knew that it was going to come eventually. Um, he's a really great foundational piece early on for LSU on defense.
1: Cordell, music hashtag AskSpeaks. Any word on the linebacker Justin Jefferson?
8: Yeah, I think I think he, he might have just committed to Ohio State. Oh
3: wow! Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs>
8: I'm, 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 I'm pretty oh, sure oh, that was last. That was la- that was last week. <laughs>
1: um, so, but today should be a very active day for LSU, correct? Or at least hats on the table for LSU.
8: Yeah, I like where LSU stands with Jalen Brown. I think it's a little bit of a dark horse pick. And, and obviously with the hometown school, as, as you guys well know about LSU and in-state kids, same with Miami and their in-state kids. If LSU is able to get a commitment today, which, which I expect them to do, um, the biggest thing will be continuing to recruit him during the season. Um, at Miami will be able to get him on campus easier. Um, and, but he's, and he's taken his official visit to LSU, and now he's been to LSU more than any other school. Um, the key you'll be keeping that momentum into the season, and obviously a lot of that is is how Mario Cristobal's my, Miami Hurricanes play and and Brian Kelly's Tigers play.
1: Um, Sammy, one more Jordan Matthews. It seems like uh, obviously the the news came out with his official visit list. LSU wasn't on it. That kind of kicked up a, uh, a a cloud here locally. Uh, where 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 do you stand on his recruitment? What do you expect from him over the next couple of weeks?
8: You know, he just got back from three official visits. He went to Stanford, to Michigan, and Tennessee. Um, and next up, he's going to head back to Austin. Um, you talked about Brandon Harris. This is a guy that Brandon's been recruiting for years. Um, he's going to be back at Texas at the end of this month. And there's obviously a lot of momentum uh, for, for Louisiana guys in Austin right now with, with Derek Williams, the Raptor committed, and Arch committed. Um, and then there, Texas is certainly going to try to get one out of Jordan. Jordan's hoping to have a decision made um, before Woodlawn co- kicks off their season. Um, but he, you know, he has openly said he's not going to rush his decision, and I don't think that he needs to. Pete Golding offered after the spring game. Um, and Alabama has certainly gotten his attention as well. Um, and LSU reaffirmed their offer. Um, he worked out and got the offer. Um, Steeples, Jordan Arsiman, Joe Sloan, Frank Wilson, the, the whole the whole gang of in-state recruiters are all after Jordan. They I think they kind of realized that they were playing from behind and they got a, a ways to go, um, but that, they're not gonna take their foot off the gas. And I think for LSU's purposes, the longer Jordan waits to commit works in their favor. Um, right now they have some ground to make up just because he had got a lot of great options and he's been to Texas I think more than any other school and he's, he's got a lot of interest in Alabama and he's going to OV there for the, for the season opener um, again longer it goes longer LSU has a chance to make up with Jordan but um, they are playing from behind I'm
1: going to rapid fire you a couple of names real quick if you, can't, uh, if you can help me out on them Kylan Jackson, Zachary
8: um, I think he it's between LSU and A&M. Um, he's going to try to see some, some schools like Oregon and Michigan, but I think ultimately, if not August, maybe by September, he has a decision made. I like LSU slightly over A&M.
1: Caleb Jackson running back out of Liberty here in Baton Rouge.
8: Yeah, just took all three of his official visits. He's on the clock. A decision is expected here uh, sometime uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I like LSU's chances. Frank Wilson has dialed it up in a big-time way for this kid, and he reminds me of Jonathan Taylor 2.0. Oh, wow. Oh, wow.
1: Tackett Curtis out of Manny High School.
8: Also a kid on the clock, took official visits to USC, to Wisconsin, and Ohio State. Um, Depending on who you talk to, some people will point to Wisconsin. Some people will talk to Ohio State. Um, I think Ohio State ultimately wins out, um, and I think right now it's too close to call, but I think ultimately
1: they win out. Uh, Shelton Sampson.
8: I think he ultimately winds up at LSU. I think Florida State might actually be the team that's running second for him. People wow. think it might be A&M. People think it might be Alabama. But that relationship with Coach Vertida and, and the trust that his parents have in Florida State is, is giving LSU a little bit of a run for their money. But um, I think Sheldon ultimately winds up at LSU. I think he'd be one of those prize pieces in this class. Um, and I think a decision may be sooner than expected. I don't think this is going to go all the way to signing day. I think it'll be before then.
1: Sammy, are you home in New York? Is this where you're from originally?
8: Originally, yes, have not been home in some time, but just checking on my niece. She just turned 2 months.
1: Oh, wow, congratulations. What part of the state? Uh, Long Island. Ah, hey, oh, that makes a lot watch of yourself sense. this weekend, Sammy. Uh <laughs> Later, bro. When you come through Baton Rouge, you got to get you in studio. Yes, sir. I'm uh, I'm going to hit you up about it. All right, man. There he is. At Sam Spiegs. follow him on uh, social media. Sammy Spiegelman from uh, on 3. Uh, up in New York, visiting family, giving us a little uh, rapid fire on recruiting information uh, on where they sit now. Uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, the linebacker uh, that we asked him about, Commit uh, committed to Alabama. Alabama.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, about
4: a week ago. Yep. Did he? Is that what he said? is that what he just said? Yeah. It was about a week ago, though.
1: Yeah. Um, the 28th. Right. Well, thank you, Sammy. <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll be back with more of the Jordy Colada Show, driven and powered by Go Chevrolet. we got Nathan Velasquez talking movies coming up. He's breaking down Elvis. Uh, and then we're also going to eat breakfast burritos from our friend Galen Iverstein over at Iverstein's. Make sure and check out the new Iverstein's Butcher Shop. It is located inside of the Perkin Crossing Shopping Center. Uh, if you're heading towards uh, if you're heading towards Blue Bonnet from uh, College Drive on Perkins Road. Mm-hmm. I still use ways to get to yeah? Um, as soon as you cross over, <laughs> as soon as you cross over Essen, uh, you'll see the Perkins Crossing shopping center right there on your left. That's where Iversteins is, sitting right there on the corner spot of that shopping center. They got lunch day uh, hot plates every single day. They got a great selection of meat that you can stop in and check out over at Iversteins. We'll be back with more of the Jordy Colada show driven and powered by Go Chevrolet.
7: We're all from different places and backgrounds. We've each experienced our own versions of life. But in the end, we're all on the same team. I'm part of that team, along with these players in purple and gold. Kayshawn Buddha. Malik Neighbors, Miles Frazier.
2: Kyler Lacey.
7: Barry Brooks. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, your team matters. So join our team. Make a difference. Bet. Let's get it done. Hey, this is Jordy
1: Collada from the Jordy Collada Show. Our podcast daily is brought to you by RMB Builders. Give Reb Bourgeois a call today. He is a custom home builder offering both new construction and can remodel in the Baton Rouge area and surrounding areas. They are licensed for commercial and residential construction. They can also handle your office renovation or building maintenance. They're online at rmb-builders.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook at RMB Builders, LLC. Rhett Bourgeois and RMB Builders bringing you the Jordi Collada
2: podcast. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
7: Interact. Gordon McKernan Injury Attorneys is ready to go to work for you. Come meet your team. I'm your intake specialist. I coordinate your case and connect you with your attorney and paralegal.
9: That's us. Your legal team. Thanks. And we'll fight to get you every dollar you
7: deserve. I'm your Settlements and Disbursement Manager, and I'm here to get you paid on time. I'm attorney Gordon McKernan. Put our team to work today. Just call us. Get gun.
1: Do you suffer from chronic dehydration? Are you looking to improve your athletic performance? And you need to get over and see our friends over at GoFlowIV. They're located on Jefferson Highway. Easy to find them online at geauxflowiv.com. Make sure and use the promo code Show If you do, they'll take 15% off of your initial visit. Check them out online, geauxflowiv.com.
7: Hey Baton Rouge, when traveling through Natchez, Mississippi, whether you need to fill up your vehicle or your belly, stop by Gomart and on the Go Deli. Gomart has clean restrooms, community coffee, an awesome beer cave, and a great selection of anything you might need on your trip. So stop by Gomart at 4 Sergeant Prentice Drive as you're entering Natchez on the left and visit Tom and Wright Granning and their awesome team at Gomart
2: No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Southern Eye Centers, located at 6859 Jefferson Highway right here in Baton Rouge has been serving your eyes for over 40 years in the Capital Region. They offer friendly service in a helpful environment with the highest level of personal care to manage your eye health and vision needs you want more information log online to southerneyecenters.com that is southerneyecenters.com stop in and check out their beautiful office located on jefferson highway right here in the capital city and remember each time you walk in there and you mention the Jordy colada show dr ann shaw and southern eye centers will take 25 percent off of their fantastic selection of sunglasses all you got to do is mention the Jordy colada show check them out southerneyecenters.com and located at 6859 jefferson highway Man, appreciate it. I cannot that. wait to watch your group play. And um, the reason I we said this to the public, we wanted to get you on is because everybody that's come through here recruit, player in the locker room, coaches have mentioned your name of making an impact on their time or their decision to be at LSU. So um, keep doing it right, man. appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Like I said,
7: you give our guys a platform. They come in talking about the show, so yeah. this is awesome. Nice setup too. I might steal one of these couches. Hey, you yeah. got it, bro. You got it. We got a lot of we got a lot of gear
1: for you. Yeah. Um, thank you, man. Appreciate it. LSU cornerbacks coach Robert Steeples in with us for uh, that was great conversation. All right, welcome back here to the Jordy Colada Show, driven and powered by Go Chevrolet. Live on this Friday. Make sure you hit that like button, share button, comment button. If you have not subscribed. To the channel, we appreciate you hitting that subscription button. If you hit the bell every time we go live, you'll know it. Remember, miked up will originate from Uncle Earl's this afternoon. If you're looking for a place to post up and take in the afternoon, go join him over at Uncle Earl's. Got a bar tab for you over there. Absolutely, hundred dollars. And Uncle Earl's. So if, if we
4: you, go uh, over it, Mikey has to pay the difference. So oh, wow. if you have any ill will or spite against okay. him
3: <laughs> big pockets,
4: big leaguers. That's right. Lord get, always get him on that pension.
7: He always makes sure to announce that. Yeah, every, don't be yeah. like, go over the board tab. Don't be So afraid. Mikey has to pay. <laughs> yeah, that's why.
4: I just want to make sure you know. Uh,
1: four thirty to six this afternoon. Yep. mic'd up. Make sure you check him out over there for uh, the latest edition. Uh, and if you have not subscribed to the uh, Five Minute Critic, our friend Nathan Velasquez, uh, he's got weekly breakdowns over on his YouTube channel. Got great social media that you can follow him on. Just had family in town visiting last week in new york uh and now here uh back with us on this friday uh how was the family time bro
9: it was great it was great it was a lot of fun we actually we went to little italy we spent a good bit of time they've been three times now in new york and that's their favorite place to go is little italy (laughs) and uh yeah it's great it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun we actually my dad is a huge like mafia buff, so he like, he knows all a bunch of trivia about it and everything. So we were at this, oh, I forget boy. the name of the restaurant now, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, also, he's always like, if you give him, like, he's going around New York, and he'll be like, did you know that right here is where Joe <laughs> Colombo is where he got assassinated? He's like, we didn't know that, but the train is about five minutes away, so we really need to get moving. Right. Um, but he was looking hey, up, Right where you're saying is where James Corleone's brains were laying after he got his head blown. Exactly. Yes. We were in a restaurant, and he had known that there was a there was a scene in The Irishman wherever Robert De Niro's character goes and makes an assassination on uh, in Little Italy. So he asked the, the server, he's like, Hey, this restaurant, it was in this movie, do you know? Like, and you know, the guy's like, No, nah, we get this question a lot. We get this question a lot. So he's like, Where where is the restaurant? Is it still here? And he goes, That's this restaurant. This is the restaurant oh, where wow. that hit actually took place. It was in like that corner over there. And the look on his face was like, <laughs> This is the greatest trip of all time. This I love this. <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was like uh, Nathan, best Italian restaurant you've eaten in since being in the city. All of Garden. Uh, I would say I, I do say that a lot. I do say, I, I, I tease Leanna and her family because they, like, their their grandparents came over from Sicily. Mm. And so I'll be like, whenever we want, like, let's go to Times Square. I'll, I'll treat you guys to all of best Italian food. Awesome. But, but really, though, if uh, if you're in the city, I found Amici is the best. It's, it's on Mulberry Street in Little Italy. Uh, the gnocchi there is fantastic. Mm, nice. So good. So if you're in town, check out Amici on Mulberry Street. It's really good.
1: Devastating news in Hollywood yesterday, Nathan. One of the, uh, one of the yeah. old heads, one of the rocks of yeah. Hollywood, one of the la- last-standing true Hollywood movie stars. James Caan passed away yesterday. Uh, obviously, his lifetime role will be remembered as his character in The Godfather. Uh, he played an incredible role as a young actor in Brian's Song, which was, of course, a great uh, football and great good performance. And Brian Piccolo. Uh, but my favorite role that Caan ever played was the coach in the program. He was the head coach okay. in the program, <laughs> which I thought for my generation is the best football movie ever made.
4: I thought for sure you are going to say the dad and elf. Uh,
3: <laughs>
4: he's
9: great there too. I thought he was going to say that. Uh, but how do you remember too? James Whenever Khan, he sings that song. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with, it's tough. I and mean, when we talked about it with Ray Liotta a few weeks ago, he did, he has a more, I would say, diverse range of characters that he played that, that you know him from. Like fantastic as piccolo and brian's song great as uh, sheldon in misery like the the scene with the block of wood uh, he uh, just he, he's he, very good there he he's he's knows. i know i know to pull <laughs> to pull something off like that i don't know how he did it but it's very good I, personally if i had to pick i would go with frank in thief hmm. the the michael mann movie really really good performance so if you like heat it's that type of movie that type of, of flavor and he does a great job in that but i mean yeah it, it's that i mean the thief would be the one i would pick as my favorite performance of him but he got what what Ray Liotta did with with Goodfellas, just that epochal role of of Sonny. I mean, yeah. we talk about the offer a lot here. The Godfather is considered, not just by, you know, movie fans, but even film directors, still rank it as the greatest, not just the greatest movie, the greatest sequel. And even the trilogy, you know, the third movie is still good. It's got its problems, but as a set, it's just such a we've only had movies for a hundred years and, and that movie. Is at the top. That, that is yeah. the best movie. And when you go back and you revisit it, you realize how much um, the character of Sonny haunts Michael throughout all of those movies. Yeah. And it's part of what makes the movie so long lasting, so good. It's part of what makes the character of Michael so good. And the only reason that it works is you go back to James Kahn's titanic performance in The First Godfather. He's yeah. so good. The way that he's able to, he's got that hot-headedness about him, but in a way that it feels sympathetic. Like you see that he just can't help it. He's trying to, he's trying to be as helpful, as productive, as, as useful as possible. And it just, uh, it ends up being his downfall. He just can't control it. And yeah, James Con is just, he's so convincing in the role. He, he's fantastic. Again, he's got a lot of performances that you can go to and say, you know, he, he's clearly got range. He's very good. But that role, like it's 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 sad to see him go, and yeah, that's the one he'll be remembered for, and rightly so. Cause it's a great performance,
1: absolutely. And if you've watched the offer, you've seen kind of the backstory on how tough it was for a non-Italian to break through to that cast because of everything that they, yeah. I mean, they had to get through the mob, they had to get through the Hollywood mob, they had to get through everybody. Oh, yeah. to get on that, and, and for James Con to get that role, uh, just I, I think shows you his talent. Another role that I think will live on always for Con will be his his. His character in misery, to me, was always one that will always. Yeah. stay... I mean, yeah. I still see Kathy Bates standing over his his tied up legs on that bed at, with the maul about to break it. Have y'all ever seen this?
4: <laughs> no, no I thought it was about to get hot in here. I mean, that scene when <laughs> no, he oh, breaks No, Lloyd, you got to check I it would. out. Is it's this,
9: it's is is a, a horror movie that watched? takes place? Yeah, it's it's a it's a horror movie that takes place mainly during the day, and it is still one of the it's got one of the toughest scenes to watch, and I think that's one of the ones that makes James Con such a, such an interesting performer. Is that he does he does always have this in all of his movies? He's he's the tough guy, mm-hmm. and to see him in this movie where he literally has no command over the scenes because Kathy Bates is the toughest one in the movie, and his role is okay. James, it's like Con, you're you're the tough guy in all the movies, but your role is now literally you're just trapped in a bed. So you're gonna have to like be the sympathetic one, the nice one, the caring one, and he, he does a good job being being the main character in a movie where he's not playing the tough guy that you normally know him for. It, it's a good movie, and that. That scene still—I've seen that movie like three times, and every single time, you know, like, okay, all right, the scene's about to happen. Yeah, it's going to be fine, and it happens. Jesus, like, yeah, what's going on? A Can't piece do this. Of firewood in between the legs, dude. I mean, no. It is and she's brutal. so kind. She's like, "I just got to do this for you. It's for your own good. You just don't understand. It's like, oh, what's wrong with you?" Have <laughs> um, seen this movie? What's that? My mom made me watch this. Yeah. Movie. What? Jesus, we'll be right.
1: My,
6: mom, mom, would My mom would make me watch movies like that. She like, just you know, just to show say another word, I'll <laughs> turn it. I forgot like about our
1: time be... together on a sports talk show. We spent three, four years together on a sports talk show and forgot how much you loved F1 racing. And then through yeah. all of this popularity, yeah, brother, you got to kind of be sitting in the catbird seat saying, I told you so.
9: Uh, what do you yeah, make the of the popularity silver... F1's going through right now? I mean, it, it's happening because of the Netflix show Drive to Survive. And I feel like such such an asshole whenever it comes up, and it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I like I, li- I like the, the racing before the Netflix show came around. Aww. And so that, okay, all right, <laughs> dude, yeah, we get it, we get it. <laughs> um, but no, it's it, it's awesome. It's on 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 one side, you have just the uh, the drivers, which has a lot of drama there. There's a lot of fun there. Um, then just the racing is is very cool to watch. it's it's a very like the uh, but then when you get more into the mechanics, the engineering of it, like what these teams have to go through, you're operating it over 200 miles per hour. Like whenever a, whenever a uh, Formula One car is like hitting its peak, it is going the speed that planes go whenever they take off. Like it is wicked fast, the way that these cars go. And they're maneuvering around just these insane tracks, which should not, like the, the training that the actors go through, actors, the training that drivers go through to get prepped for uh, just, just even no, Formula Two and Three is insane what they have to go through. Like it's not quite the pressures of NASCAR. But if you like the racing, it's fun on that angle. If you enjoy the engineering, it's very fun on that angle. And the Netflix show is awesome. So if you want to get into it, that's a really good avenue of getting into it. Uh, Personally, I love Red Bull. I think that's the team to watch. I think they've got, in terms of, if you don't just want to follow the drivers, the team as a whole, they do a very, very good job when it comes to building the cars and then working with the drivers just you can feel the collaboration there. Whenever they do well, you can really feel it. It's a team spirit as opposed to, I would say Mercedes is the more popular team, but they don't really do as good of a job. They, they're much more just a flashy, I would say they throw money at everything. All of their drivers are very flashy. It's all like me, 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 which is just some people like that, but Red Bull I think is the best team, but yeah, the popularity. And we talked about Netflix a few weeks ago, how they're in some trouble right now. They're losing a ton of subscribers. But when it comes to influence, Netflix is still the only streaming service that has that level of power because ESPN was paying, like in 2015, they were paying about $5 million for the rights every single year um, because they got about 500,000 viewers a race. And now this year they're at like 1.5 million viewers a race and the contract, they signed a new one through 2025. They were paying $5 million for an entire year. Now they're paying upwards of like $75, $80 million to stream F1. So it's weird. It's weird that it's become so popular. It's very cool. And, yeah, if you do want to get into it, definitely check out Drive to Survive because it's a good show. It's still a very fun show, and it'll give you kind of the behind the scenes if you're interested in engineering or just the driving, just the racers. It's, it's, a, it's a fun way to, I think, get involved with the sport.
1: Um, what do you make of the box office success that has been happening for – Movies like Top Gun, Minions continues to, to, to clean up. But the movies is something that we doubted for a while, the movie theater. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like it's, it, it's finding its way back to a consistent place within commerce.
9: Yeah, it was an annoying thing throughout 2020, 2021. Everyone was saying, oh, streaming is, is here to pretty much kill the movie theaters. Um, you were having things simultaneously released like the Sopranos movie. Um, I, they were, you know, considering it with Dune. They did it with that new terrible matrix movie. Um, but now, yeah, with this weekend, especially you have, what is it? It's uh, rise of grew is now breaking the box office records for 4th of July weekends. I think now that entire series has passed $4 billion. This newest movie uh, is it. already at $219 million. Uh, Elvis just this weekend, it, it just got, well, I guess the past weekend, it got past 76 million, which is about to pass a hundred million and the first week in Elvis came out it tied with its box office with Top Gun which is in its sixth weekend uh and it's still in the running like Top Gun has now passed 1.1 $1. $1 billion dollars uh and i think what is it it's the 57th highest grossing movie domestically in america right now it's about to pass up i think The Dark Knight for the amount of tickets sold Jeez. um but it, yeah it's huge you people are going back for like a third time yeah um And even still this year, we have like Thor, the new Thor movies coming out today, Uh, but then you have Avatar, which is coming out later this year, which is going to be a huge player. But it's interesting because you have movies like Elvis, Minions for, you know, a bit, it's kind of tied to like a famous property. You have Top Gun, which was a risk if it was going to make it, you know, over 30 years getting a sequel, you don't know if that's really going to stick. But it's nice to see that something other than Marvel is getting people out to the theaters multiple times, which is something that people were saying, it's just, you know, maybe it's going to go away and it's not like people still love it. People still love the experience and yeah, it's, it's, you're not going to get the same thing watching a movie at home. And I think it's encouraging just to see that people are still able to get out and go in and go and see a movie like this. Uh, Elvis in particular, because that is kind of geared more towards the older crowd. Um so it's good to see that even even they're kind of coming back out to see movies again. I think it's I think it's encouraging. Have you seen Elvis? I did see Elvis. I did see Elvis in New Jersey when we went to the Jersey Shore, we went to a theater, packed, <laughs> completely packed screening. Wow. Um and it is it is a mixed bag, but it is a hot mess. Like it is such a hot mess. It, it there is so much money thrown at the screen. The editing of this movie gets lost at so many times. The story with with its timing is all over the place. Tom Hanks looks like a toad in his fat suit. Um, like there are just there are just scenes in the movie that go so over the top that you, you're rolling your eyes. Leanne looked over to me like twice during the movie, was like, are you serious? Like, did you you bring me to see this movie? Like this is this scene, like seriously with this. Um, but I've gotta say, it is still an absolutely magnificent experience. I think you have to still go and see it in the theater because there are moments, particularly Austin Butler, who is playing Elvis, they, with all of the scenes that mess up, the moments that they hit it right, the moments that he walks on stage and you really think for a second, is this stock footage of Elvis or is this, and you're just like, okay, no, this is actually the actor performing Elvis. There are moments in the movie that are just so gripping, either with his performance of Elvis, even Tom Hanks at times is incredible, but whenever they actually recreate some of these moments of him on stage, whether it's his first show in Vegas, uh, his comeback tour, some of the scenes whenever he's performing his own movies, or before he's even known as Elvis Presley, they do a fantastic job in some of those music moments Enough so that I would say, you know what, this movie is two hours and 40 minutes long. There are scenes that are going to make you roll your eyes. But if you do not see it in the theater, then you might as well not watch it because when it does what it's doing well, it does it fantastically well. So I, I would still recommend with all that to go and check it out in the theater.
4: Do you, do you think that the popularity of Elvis is because of that the people that love Elvis Presley absolutely love Elvis Presley? Like they're diehard fans or is it because of everything you just said with the movie is actually good? <laughs>
9: I think if there's going to be the initial box office success that it's had, would have to be given thanks to uh, the people that love Elvis already. And if it's going to, it'll probably need to see in the next two weeks, kind of like Top Gun where the word of mouth was so good that people were going again and then that just brought people out in droves. I think we'll see this weekend, next weekend, if people want to go and see it because just of what people are saying about Elvis. But, I mean, there's clearly so much love for Elvis still that it's enough to uh, make a huge impact at the box office. So I, I don't think we know for sure if it's going to be a full-on hit, but it's definitely going to make its money back, and I think it's going to leave a dent by the end of the year as well because people do love Elvis.
1: Hashtag Ask Nate, Daniel Glenn asks, Nate, thoughts on news of Christian Bale and talks with <clears throat> Disney Star Wars to play Star Killer in live action?
5: Mm, that's my boy right there.
9: Really, I had no idea. This is the first time hearing about it. Really, Uh, initial reaction to that? Christian Bale is a weird. He's a weird actor. He's got like he's he's a he's a method actor for sure. He'll go like over three hundred pounds to play Dick Cheney, and then he'll like go around to one hundred twenty pounds to be in the machinist. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But he's doing this, he's in the new Thor movie right now, Um, and and to hear he's going to try out for Star Wars as well, it's interesting. It's very interesting that he's going in a more big budget area because he's so much of a method actor, but I mean, good for him. I think it's uncharted territory to see someone that's kind of in the Daniel Day-Lewis camp go for the big blockbuster ticket items. And yeah, I mean, all the better for it because, you know, sometimes those movies can get the stale actors that get the big paychecks and don't really care. So if you get people like Christian Bale in those movies, I'll probably be more excited for them. Like, I'm not all that excited for the Thor movie, but I'm probably going to go see it because of Christian Bale. So if they can get more people like that, that, that'd be awesome. Uh,
1: Five Minute Critic. He's on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there. They've got weekly breakdowns of movies. I believe this week is Elvis. So make sure and tune in for this week is uh, Five Minute Critic. Have a great weekend, buddy. We'll see you. uh, We'll see you next week.
9: Y'all too. See you next week. Bye. There he is.
1: Nathan Velasquez checking in. We're brought to you by Fresh Chef Kitchen. Uh, remember, Fresh Chef Eats. You can find them online at FreshChefEats.com. They're on social media, on Facebook uh, as well. So uh, if you're looking for pre made meals, if you are looking for a little help in the kitchen and getting your meals prepared, uh, then check out Fresh Chef Eats online. FreshChefEats.com. Speaking of food, we'll be talking to uh, Galen Iverstein. When we come back here, we'll have our breakfast burritos. Served up by our guy Galen Iverstein. We'll talk more about it coming up here on the Jordy Colada show to close it out here, driven and powered by Go Chevrolet. Uh, what else we got? One more voicemail. Hang on one second, Jamil. We're coming to Jamil's you after this just voicemail. In
5: there talking, we're all snapping <laughs> at her. <laughs>
3: Shut up. Shut up back there.
7: I was just calling to find out when the Jordy Colada invitational is going down. Don't make it soon because it's too damn hot. I know y'all know that was. Lack of AC going on at the joint, and
9: if
0: Rico Delgado's listening to the bitch, <laughs> then my condolences to, um, I was just to find- that's awesome.
3: Bro,
1: bro that's the listening. call Hall of Fame. There it is. That is. That's the one scene that's what we needed. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's what we've been looking for. Yeah, absolutely, can't play it long. And you know what? We need to cut that up. Cut up Play that last part again. Let me let me hear that last part. Let me hear that last part. <laughs> We should be able to cut this part up. Y'all know that was the lack of AC going on at the joint. And if Rico Delgado's listening to the (laughs) pitch, sorry, (laughs) WAFB. Sorry, WAFB.
5: That'll be a fine, wherever you are. (laughs) Whoever you are, where are you calling
1: from? from?
7: Spring, Texas. Okay,
0: I love it, dude. That's what we need. We need to know your name.
7: Uh, This show in particular, highlighting uh, the players that I've seen come through here and
1: and the coaches, we're we're grateful to uh, have the opportunity. The suit said, he said, you know, I mean, Lloyd pushes the envelope on the cussing thing we talked about, you know, like, you know, like, hey, how's the show? We're all kind of like passing the bread, you know what I mean? Like early, like I'm just trying to like fit in at this at this table. Uh, and uh, like, oh, yeah, the show's good. Show's good. Uh, what's the guy in the in the in, in, on the couch? What's is the, Lloyd, the Is it Lloyd? Guy. Yeah, Lloyd. What, what about it? He sure does push the line on the cussing thing, doesn't he? Which, by the way, there's no rules to our contract right. at WAFB that states that, you know, like we can't cuss at a certain time or, you know, we've got to change the show at any point. There's been no discussions of changing anything that we do from WAFB. That's, but I'll say, I ended up at a lunch yesterday with three suits from WAFB. Mm. Um, in the J's? In the J's, <laughs> in the hat, in the T-shirt. Uh, I thought I was going to meet one suit. And uh, we actually showed up to the same restaurant that two other suits were eating at. We <laughs> all conjoined table uh, and uh, and had a uh, just had a, an executive lunch with everybody from WAFB. A lot of good return on the show mm-hmm. uh, early on. A lot of good feedback. They think we ought to. They think we ought to start finding for cursing in the first hour. Finding who? Uh, finding for whoever does it. Like finding each other. Yeah. We th- like we're we gonna th- have th- a swear jar. A swear jar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tough. 7 a.m. Yeah. between the 7 and 8 a.m. hour. It's Lloyd that, that would that's have exactly a what they said. So it's that's exactly what they said. Do you suffer from chronic dehydration? Are you looking to improve your athletic performance? And you need to get over and see our friends over at GoFlow IV. They're located on Jefferson Highway. Easy to find them online at geauxflowiv.com. Make sure and use the promo code Show. If you do, they'll take 15% off of your initial visit. Check them out online, geauxflowiv.com.
7: Hey Baton Rouge, when traveling through Natchez, Mississippi, whether you need to fill up your vehicle or your belly, stop by Gomart and On the Go Deli. Gomart has clean restrooms, community coffee, an awesome beer cave, and a great selection of anything you might need on your trip. So stop by Gomart at 4 Sergeant Prentice Drive as you're entering Natchez on the left and visit Tom and Wright Granning and their awesome team at Gomart. We're all from different places and backgrounds. We've each experienced our own versions of life, but in the end, we're all on the same team. I'm part of that team, along with these players in purple and gold. Keshawn Buddha, Malik Neighbors, Miles Frazier. Kyra Lacey. Barry Brooks. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, your team matters. So join our team. Make a difference. Bet. Let's get it done.
1: Welcome back here to the Jordy Colada Show, driven and powered by Ghost Chevrolet. Every Friday, our Foodie Friday segment, all of our grub, is provided by the best Iversteens. We've been telling you about the move, and the move is final. They are now set up in Perkins Crossing Shopping Center in a fantastic space. I was in there uh, last week and picked up some lunch. Uh, line was flowing, a lot of hot plates moving. This week, they announced... A, uh, a new selection, a new choice for you, and that's that they're serving breakfast. And we're eating up some of the breakfast burritos right now. Fire. Uh, I believe this one's ham. Uh, he brought uh, Galen brought in sausage as well. These are awesome. Very simple breakfast items for you over at Iverstein's. They get cranking at 7 a.m. every single day. Monday through Friday? Monday through Saturday.
6: Monday through Saturday on breakfast right now, and then uh, with the intention in a couple weeks we'll launch a um, Sunday brunch as well.
1: Yep, and that is the man in studio with us. Uh, Galen Iverstein, of course, the, uh, the president, the founder, the man over at Iverstein's butcher shop, which is now moved, which we said just right down Perkins road. So if you're, if you're looking for, uh, for Iverstein's in its normal spot up Perkins, uh, across from, uh, um, what's that grocery store? But it was? Uh, Sprouts. Across from, uh, that it used to be across from Sprouts. Now it's down. Keep going towards Essen Lane on Perkins Road. As soon as you cross over Essen Lane, right on the left to Perkins Crossing Shopping Center, you'll see Iverstein's right in the corner there. You walk in a fantastic space. Uh and uh, as we said Galen is here to talk to us about it uh here on this Friday. Good to see you, bro.
6: Good to see you. all Haven't um, been in, in a while. Yeah,
1: it's been a minute. It's been, been a minute. Been Obviously, uh, a lot of things happening. Uh you've been very busy. Yeah. Uh what what, what was the uh, what was the move like? Uh and now that you're in the new space, what's it like being set up with uh with all this area now?
6: The move was interesting. We kind of tried to do it as quick as we could to um minimize the downtime for our customers. It took us about 2 weeks to get moved and opened up. We're loving the new space. It's got all sorts of room for activities and uh, doing more production for our customers and offering more variety for them. Got a full kitchen there, banging out lunch, breakfast, but also um, stocking our retail coolers with stuff yeah. you can take home. Um, you know, our mustard greens have been really popular, surprisingly. We got mustard greens at smoked hocks by the court, in there people picking them up. And that was kind of the reason we put it in a kitchen originally. Was uh, that was a comment we got a lot from our customers? It's like, man, I can take home a ribeye and fillet and cook, but I don't want to do the sides. So we're uh-huh. so we're able to kind of provide sides and stuff for them, and just make it an easier um, experience for everybody. You know, before our our uh, target demographic was really good at home cooks. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: you know what Which, you're getting, like you know people. Yeah, what they're buying
6: exactly. But um, what we figured out: a lot of people in Baton Rouge don't cook, and they just want to eat out all the time. So this has given us the opportunity to take our quality meat products and put them in a form and do all the work for you and um, invite you in to eat.
1: And you still have the cool stuff that you had at the former spot? You still have the windows, the butcher (laughs) windows?
6: Yeah, we we had certain elements of the old shop. We definitely wanted to um, travel over to the new shop to make it comfortable and familiar to our original customers that have been so loyal over the years. You know, we have customers that bought a piece of meat from us in 2010 at the farmer's market. Wow. Still shopping with us every wow. week. So that's been uh, really cool. And just seeing that customer base expand as we expand our offerings has been a lot of fun.
1: One thing that you do feel when you're in Iverstein's here in Baton Rouge, at least from my standpoint and, and Galen referenced uh, people that eat out all the time. I'm one of those I- here in the community that <laughs> rarely cooks in and, 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 and mostly eats out when you go into Iverstein's, there's nothing like it here locally yep. that you won't find anything that feels like it, the choices, the selections, uh, the freshness of it, the expertise of it in in Galen, who was uh, raised around this and really understands it and puts his passion and love into it. Uh, So that is one thing that I would say in your experience, if you have not gone to Iverstein's and you're looking for something different here in Baton Rouge, especially for you that eat out a lot, uh, go check them out. And the new locations, as we said, Perkins Crossing Shopping Center, uh, right there on Perkins road, easy to find great space. Now on the corner of the shopping center, uh, you can sit down and eat lunch and you can take home the great selections, uh, that they've always had.
6: And to add to that is service. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we offer really good service. If you go on Google right now and look at our reviews, very little about it is about meat and food. It's all about the quality of service that you get. And I think that's, uh, something that people crave these days when you go into a fast food restaurant and the person serving you, um, would rather you not be there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of offensive absolutely so that's what we try to you know make sure the customer is the focal point of our of our intention the whole time they're there and getting them exactly what they need answering all their questions and i, I think that goes a long way
1: really comes across i mean even josh yeah or your, uh, your representative who has been inside josh uh, is great yeah. he's been in the studio the last couple of weeks uh, you can you you get that friendly feeling yep. that you are you know you're kind of referencing uh, because it's true when you walk in it feels very down home it feels very different I'm telling you if you have not experienced Iversine, it's awesome in fact uh, Cveil says the new location looks great great vibes over there uh, yeah it's really for, comfortable for like the,
6: yeah. the dining room is awesome like and and seeing people at lunch just kind of hanging out mm-hmm. enjoying a cup of coffee you know catching up with friends that's really why we built it that way just kind of a communal spot where people can. Enjoy themselves.
1: Breakfast is new for you. Yeah, we started um, breakfast this week. Yeah, yep. tell us about it. What's going on with it? It's great. We're kind of launching
6: with um, grab and go items because mm-hmm. I think people are in a hurry in the mornings. Uh, so we're doing breakfast burritos that you'll have this morning, some breakfast sandwiches. We just hired on a new uh, chef who has a lot of pastry chef experience. So she's got a lot of ideas for biscuits and croissants and stuff like that. But everything that you're getting, like the meats in them, that's all produced in house. Like mm-hmm. the breakfast sausage is, is made in house, the ham is cured and smoked in house. And so you're getting to experience everything from the butcher side already prepared, ready to go. And you come in and dine,
1: uh, Kelly and I, um, picked up a couple of pieces, uh, a few weeks ago and we got the grass fed. Okay. What cut fillet. did you get? The got fillets, the fillet. Yeah. Yep. What and you think? loved them. Yeah. And what I wanted to ask you on it was from a shopping standpoint, um, and then from an, an eating standpoint, the difference of uh, yeah. Of so
6: that. a couple of, I mean, so that you're referencing the diet of the animal there. So on the grass fed, that that cow has eaten nothing but grass its entire life. Oh, um, so versus you know welcome a, in my home. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you <it'd be> up. <laughs> right. yeah.
6: So uh, and then on the the grain fed side, they are raised on grass up to a certain point at about Mm -hmm. 900 pounds they enter a feedlot and then that's where they start packing the pounds on and that's where you see all that fat the difference in flavors i find is um because of the variety of the diet that an animal's getting on grass um (laughs) they get
4: munchies (laughs) get (laughs)
6: ugrier they uh have a little more complex flavor profile so i mean on a grain fed animal they're getting about three ingredients in their diet so the to me, I find the flavor profile pretty flat. It's going to be super, you know, fatty and stays really moist when you cook it. On that grass-fed animal, I just I prefer the flavor. I like the fat yep. on a grass-fed animal. Um, I digest it easier. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just it's something I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, about three years ago, we had so many customers requesting grain-fed steaks we started carrying it. Yeah. you know when, when you hear something
4: Pawnee from, indiana sure, sure. yeah
6: <laughs> when you when you hear a comment from customer enough you, you start offering sure. it to them you know right. so uh it's it's really kind of expanded our customer base and um and the variety we're able to offer yeah. so because when you think about that grass-fed filet that you got the other night uh when we bring in a 700 pound steer any guesses on how many pounds of filet we can get off of a 700 pound steer really? of a grass-fed about six pounds What? so oh. And that's the most popular cut on the animal. So it goes super quick. So we needed it to kind They're of have...
4: Overpopulated in this area. Yeah. <laughs> so we needed something to
6: supplement with yeah. on the grain-fed side. So we're carrying prime. We're carrying Wagyu on top of, you know, what, what got us started was the local grass-fed beef as well.
1: Uh, so. One of the things that Josh has been talking about weekly is the bundles.
6: Yeah, the bundle's been great. Uh, we started out about three years ago. Josh took it over this year. He's doing a really good job with it. And the way that works is we put together a bundle of meat that's delivered to your door uh, once a month, and cool. it's got a good variety of cuts in there. We always have something for breakfast. We have ground beef, smoked sausage. We try to put a grilling cut, a roasting cut. Uh, we say it feeds a family of four, probably six to eight meals a month. So mm-hmm. it's a good kind of dent in your grocery shopping. You've got that solved. You also can go on in and add on stuff that you know you're going to use every month. So let's say your family of five and you use ten pounds of ground beef, you can put that in your order and we'll deliver it straight to your house. What
4: too. if you're a family of one? Like what are people trying to do it to yes, like meal
6: prep? Well, well yeah, some people do it for meal prep, but that's also a uh, idea Josh has that he wants to roll out is uh we're calling it the sweetheart bundle. So instead of focused on families of four, bring the weight down a little bit and um kind of cater to people with smaller households. Absolutely. If you
1: are curious about getting a bundle getting on the list, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is log on to Iversteinfarms.com. Iversteinfarms.com. And on the top right, you see the butcher bundles. All you do is click on that link. Next thing you know, you're being prompted to subscribe. And then within a week, you'll have a, uh, you'll have a, uh, A package of meat at your door
4: what Um, is um sorry yeah from uh, iverston's yeah um what is the most popular thing on the menu then what is the you probably the chef's favorite thing on the menu on the on the food menu yeah on the food Um, menu and then what do you think that they probably is the best
6: thing steak tip tuesday has been a hit so every tuesday we make these uh sirloin steak skewers that we marinate and then they get topped with the chimichurri uh sauce and those have been super popular people start stacking up waiting on them um that and then on Fridays which i put on right before i came here we do smoked pork shoulder steaks i was just looking at that my favorite cut really oh man you can't screw them up like they're just so tender and uh juicy they're just great we smoke them for about 3 hours and they get a little glaze on oh, nice. them they're uh, so good
1: yeah nice Um, so tell us what, how has the capabilities expanded with the new facility? I see you've got, you got more personnel.
6: Yeah. We've basically tripled our staff overnight, which has been interesting. Yeah. Uh, That's been fun. Um, but we really have built a good crew. Um, we got a good team together from the butcher side all the way to the, the kitchen side. Um, and the, the chef that we have right now, she's got some great ideas on kind of making your shopping experience easier. So like, uh. know ramen's all the rage right now and on our end we always end up with a lot of bones so she's got this idea to make these like ramen kits that you can take home here's your broth here's the meats here's all the veggies you can take at home and do ramen at home Mm -hmm. uh like spaghetti kits where here's your sauce that we make in house here's your italian sausage your meatballs and your pasta i know you can get in on that on a friday night Mm -hmm. impress your girl and then you don't have to make that gravy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do it a for you. Yeah,
4: seventy-seven
1: thirty-one Perkins Road. It is uh, right there on the corner, man. Uh, it's a great spot. The new easy facility is—it's yeah. uh, very easy to get in and out of. Uh, great parking, uh, and like I said, the uh, the facility is is fantastic. As soon as you walk in, you see the wide selection. They got hot plates, great selections of meats. Local uh, beers. I was about to say, y'all
6: yeah. serving any booze? Yeah, we, uh, we we have a really good selection of like craft beer and wines. Um, we are just doing packaged right now. Uh, with we've been talking to ATC about getting our our on-site consumption, so that's something we're working with. Um, come in, have a beer, eat lunch on the weekends. So, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Online, IversteinFarms.com, and every Friday our Foodie Friday segment compliments of our friends over at Iverstein Farms. If you want to get on that bu- on that uh, that bundle list remember online top right just click on that link and they can take care of you man it is good to see everybody here great to see you yeah bro.
6: good to see you all thanks Absolutely. for having me in thank you for Hope us you uh, as breakfast. always
1: for uh, for the breakfast uh check them out at iverstein farms uh on social media make sure and give a like share and follow subscription to the youtube page before you get out of here today have a great weekend we'll be back with you monday morning 7 a.m remember mikey ma took and, ma, uh, and Mike up will originate from Uncle Earl's this afternoon, 4.30 to 6. So you're looking for somewhere to uh, to take in the afternoon, a little happy hour over there. they got a bar tab available for you. Stop in and see them at Uncle Earl's uh, this afternoon for, uh, for mike would Up, latest edition. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Uh,
7: you have to call an Uber.
1: That's right. Driven and Powered by Go Chevrolet.
7: Appreciate it, G. Yeah,